Fellow truthers and conspiracy junkies to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your host, Catalyst Jones. And today I am joined with somebody pretty freaking awesome. I was able to sit down with him uh, at a roundtable when um, I was with a ghost uh, talk of the tavern. And uh, this gentleman here, he was on and got me really interested in some of the things he was saying. So I checked out his podcast, Expanding Reality. And so... I am going to butcher this because I butchered the crap out of your podcast name um, when you I had it. I had Amber Ray on, bro, and I shouted I out your her. podcast name. It le- I went back and listened to it. I said Expanding Minds. Expanding Minds. Okay. You know, it'd be funny as if you went back in and just said the word reality, but like the audio is completely different. It's an obvious patch and just patch it over, you know, every time you said it in the episode, that'd be hilarious. You know what? Uh, I actually okay. can go back. if, As long as I rename the file exactly the same file name, I can re-upload it to to the oh, existing yeah. file actually that would be pretty funny it'd be funny just simply because it's silly you know what i mean don't do it on my account uh, i i knew where your intention was so that's perfectly fine and i'm grateful uh, for the shout out but amanda ray is awesome man so i'm glad i'm glad that she had her on she's great yeah, so you were the one that pointed me in the direction of her because um, you started talking about psychedelics, which was interesting because during that time I was uh, going to NA and I was um, exploring the options myself about psychedelics and um, for a different path as far as uh, healing or overcoming addiction or alcoholism, whatnot. Um, and so when I heard you talking about some of the things you were talking about i was like oh this is the guy to ask and so you blew my mind with what you said not only then and then you were like oh go listen to this episode with amanda ray and then i was floored i was like all right i need both of them on the show and thank Mm. you so much for pointing me in the direction of her because she is a freaking awesome soul by the way and god yeah and I've, I've fallen in love with your show, man. So let's start there. Tell me about your show. How did you get started? And, um, and tell us about your show. Man, first of all, thank you for having me. Thank you for the kind words. I'm, I'm truly grateful, man. Uh, so, yes, my name is Brandon Thomas. I run a show called Expanding Reality. It's basically a show uh, that incorporates everything, but the the bottom line of it, kind of the mission statement, is just to expand your reality and just que- ask questions. That's all. That's all it is. You know, there's no ego in the show. I'm not here to prove anybody wrong or me right. Because first and foremost, I have no fucking clue what's going on. Uh, I have a lot of fun ideas that I bounce between, and I'm fine with the flexibility that I see reality in. Uh, but I don't, you know, like I said, put anything on anyone, and so that allows me to have the types of conversations that I do with the types of 
people and with the topics that we we discuss. And it's just been one of the coolest models, man. I started this whole thing just to do uh, UFOs and talk to some UFO authors that I really loved and some people that I'd heard on Coast to Coast AM because that's, you know, Art Bell, George Norrie. Absolutely my favorite, and that's one of my goals in life is to uh, be a host for Coast to Coast AM, even just to fill in one every now and then. But anyway, so that would be uh, awesome. interest, I know, right? Uh, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll have you call in and, and be like uh, Booga Booga or something like that <laughs> uh, So and tell us one of your psychedelic stories. So uh, basically, yeah, like I said, the show has started as that, but I really wanted to name it Expanding Reality because my interests are so varied. You know, I've got, I'm into psychedelic, spirituality, questioning reality, uh, quantum physics, you know, again, the UFOs, the paranormal, any of that woo-woo phenomena, um, all about that action, um, you know, and hidden history, alternative histories, alternative points of reality and views of the earth, philosophy, all of these things. And so it was way more than UFOs, and, and it's just turned into this just incredible thing with just having the most mind-expanding conversations, and it's just blown my mind. It's really, I wasn't prepared. I'm sure you can empathize with this. I wasn't prepared for how much this would change me and how much I would learn from this show. And uh, it's just remarkable, man. So it's a blast. We're having a lot of fun. We're doing a new thing with an aligned membership program with the Expansive Insiders, and that's where we're having crazy, crazy cool conversations. It's like three shows in one. So that's been amazing launching that, and everybody that's come on just wants to do more, and so we're just doing all of these little sub-series over there. We've got one called Frequency Theorists where a bunch of musicians come over, and we talk about music conspiracies and music, and and it's always insane. So uh, it's just expanded into this amazing thing, and um, I I absolutely love it. It's the second coolest thing I've ever done in my life. That's amazing. Second coolest. What's the first yeah. coolest? Marrying my amazing wife. Boom, boom. Oh man. Okay. Awesome. Brownie points. If if yeah. uh, if she listens to my show, you get you get like special brownie points. I'm sure. I mean it. She's delightful. <clears throat> That's awesome, brother. So uh, you you mentioned a couple. <coughs> Excuse me. I just hit the vape pen and it was uh, not as friendly as I was expecting. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned a couple things, and I, and like I said, I have been listening to your show. Um, I don't know if you remember when we were on the roundtable or not, but we had basically uh, briefly touched on UFO phenomenon and aliens and stuff like that. Now, my own personal belief is that they're interdimensional beings and possibly reptilians that have habited this earth like for a long fucking time. Who knows? I don't know, but I'm open to the idea. I do not believe in aliens from outer space because I do not believe in outer space. I believe that the planets are actually um, probably souls or beings like we are, and they're emitting some sort of a glow because if you look at them through um, a telescope, if through, uh, amateur telescopes and shit. It looks just like a light in water is yeah. what it looks yeah. like. It so, definitely does. so I don't believe in the traditional alien per se. It's interesting that now on the news, everybody's uh, admitting that we have these UFOs and, and stuff like that. Nobody's actually even batting an eye about it, which I think is crazy. Um, so when you have on these different re- UFO researchers and stuff like that, I'm just curious, do my views on UFOs and where they come from differ from yours? And, um, yeah, let's just start there and then, and then I'll follow that up. 
That's fair. Uh, so we'll start with everything that I'm going to talk about tonight and pretty much everything I stand for. Um, I don't have beliefs. I have ideas. Chris Rock in this awesome movie called Dogma made by Kevin Smith a long time ago. Uh, he had that line in there and it's, I do not have beliefs. I have ideas because ideas are easier to change. And I think to be in this fluid motion, especially with reality, the way it is, especially with my current viewpoint or understanding of, you know, spiritual awakening and ascension and what that looks like for me and what that manifests like in my life uh, I've really taken a different approach as far as far as how I look at all of this stuff so to me it just seems like another part of this story and it seems like if you want to have an experience that says uh, that there is no space out there but I do believe interdimensional beings are real that universe is created and you exist in it the good news is is just as easily as that universe is created and it's true for you then it also can change and it's fluid just like anything so with these ideas that we talk about, especially on the show, and again, I'm not here to prove anybody right or wrong, and so therefore I don't take a stance. I don't uh, uh, run me colors up the mast is what uh, a guy named Mark Ollie said on the show. You've got to have him on. I'll, I'll connect you with him. Uh, and so I don't really plant my flag anywhere. I, I don't. I have an opinion that I think all of it's awesome, and I think all of it's super cool. I'm not 100% convinced that we're all living in the same place. Ooh. And if... We are living in the place, same place, like a consensus reality. Then it would seem that uh, whatever you believe is what uh, manifests in front of you. So there's this awesome piece of your mind called the reticular activating system. And basically it just shows you a world in which you believe already exists. So it filters out things in your reality that don't align with what you believe to be real and possible. And also what your focus and attention on has priority over what it prioritizes. So as you change your mind on things, and there's clear examples of this, and we can all empathize with these, like when you're shopping for a new car or something, you've got like the car in mind that you really want, right? A blue Tesla, right? So you don't really see many blue Teslas. I mean, I don't. But if you're buying one or your energy is focused on one, your reticular activating system is going to spring into action and it's going to only show you blue Teslas everywhere in your reality. Same thing if you're, you know, wanting to be in a relationship and you see other people in relationships all around you and they're just, oh, I just got engaged and whatever. And you're like, why not me? Well, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. And that's an indicator, which is a good thing. But what I mean to say is, is that perhaps what you believe really manifests in front of you. Uh, again, I'll say that. But if that's the case, and if it's an idea you entertain, and again, I don't know what's going on. I just love talking about the ideas and we go deep down the rabbit holes. So with with this idea in mind, if if this is the case, then people who believe that we're on a sphere ball, then perhaps they get in a rocket and a ball renders beneath their feet because that's what they expect to see. You know, there, there's a young woman I had on the show. Again, somebody you should have on. This is just going to be a list of people you should invite to your show. Uh, Taylor Alina. I had her on for uh, that expansive insider thing I was just telling you about. And one of the parts of the conversation we talked about is this flat earth, heliocentric model, cellular earth, inner earth, all this stuff, right? Oh, uh, I like that. Hang on. Can I interrupt you right there? Please, yeah. <clears throat> um, actually, uh, 62 days ago, I only know that because that's the amount of days I haven't drank. Um, <laughs> oh, congratulations, man, dude. Uh, first of all, first of all, congratulations, man. Cause when I talked to you, this was a different dude I was talking to. Congratulations, man. I'm so fucking proud of you. Oh, Audience, thank you, write sir. him in and tell him how fucking proud you are of him. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank days. you. So, um, damn, now I forgot what I was saying. Oh yes. 62 days ago, I did an episode, um, with, uh, 
with Brian from Whiskey Beer and Conspiracies and um and damn it damn it yeah damn it I'm fucking I'm gonna fuck up her name from uh Etheric Odyssey and I'm gonna fuck up her name so I'm just not even gonna say it but you know who you are you're manifesting that shit you're gonna say it right you know what it is anyway go on with the story and it'll come to you but I believe in you okay so Anyways, I wanted to do this because at the time I had a co-host and he believed in hollow earth. I never even gave it the time of day because I believed in flat earth and I, and I didn't even think about both maybe existing at the same time. I love it. I had, um, I had on, um, the guy from whiskey beer and conspiracies because he's actually writing a flat earth book. And then I had on, damn it. I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting your name from, um, from etheric odyssey on and she was talking about um the simulation theory and at the end of the show we decided that all three things can be possible at once absolutely yeah the illusion is that they can't you know this solid rigid reality you know even einstein said that uh, reality is an illusion albeit a persistent one and really the only thing driving it and keeping it so solid you know in in inverted commas there is your belief in it right and you're propping up in it now, you can again see this in all sorts of things in your life once you change your mind and you decide to do something different things change around you and you change and you're more in alignment to be a magnet for the things which greater serve the path that you're currently on now the good news is there's no wrong way to do this i use the analogy of like a fruit tree right so a fruit tree at the end of each branch no matter twists and turns no matter which direction they take fruit bears at the end of all of those things think of this as your life so there's no like pattern for this you know and they always say like the uh, comparison is the thief of joy so you know thinking that it should be a certain way or that you should be somewhere because of this or that you know that's number one not accurate number two a massive waste of time so just you know keep moving forward with all of these goals that everybody has and just know that each perception is proper and correct because it's your perception now to the simulation thing which i love uh that's a huge part of the conversation i really enjoy uh would be that it it seems like perhaps what we exist in and one of the best ways to describe it's just an augmented reality right so what you expect to see again facilitated through this reticular activating system is then just projected in front of you because that's what you expected to see perhaps this is why somebody standing there sees a ufo somebody standing right next to him doesn't you know it's a vibrational thing it's what they're willing to allow into their reality into their perception and what we see with the control of the planet for the let's be nice and say 80 percent of the npcs which is an awesome conversation that i'd love to add to this if you'd like to uh then that massive message you know is just to keep you distracted and to strip identity and all of those things and if you can break free of that which everyone is capable of doing if you're a real person uh then you know it's 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 a much cooler ride you know and i think that it's part of this experience i think it's just like a ride like bill hicks says it's it's just a ride you know so don't take it so seriously um and it's uh it's all gonna work out again every branch bears fruit yeah, definitely. So, um, I, 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 yeah, I love the whole NPC idea. And it was funny because when I had Ron from New England on, we were talking about dreams, somehow got into the NPC uh, thing. And I was like, oh, it, it was because he believes that we carry um, DNA with us through generation to generation to generation. So when we have certain dreams, we could actually be dreaming about our ancestors' lives, right? Yeah, <clears throat> and, yeah. Or we can carry their 
their memories with us basically and i was like well that's interesting i was like i like that theory however I was like, I don't think that happens to everybody because I swear that my brother and sister are NPCs. So, like, <laughs> you, it's a, it's an interesting, interesting, interesting question. And you know, to the uh, bloodline thing, there is a culture. I always forget what this is. I just need to write it down on a sticky note so I have this. I reference it quite often. It's like an Italian culture or something like that. And their ancestors went through a huge famine. Now those peoples are all inherently larger. Uh, they're just thicker. They're bigger bones. They're you know that's just the way that they roll. Now their ancestors went through this horrible famine, and so in their DNA they just kind of stocked up a little bit extra over the generations, so that if that ever happened again that they would have a greater chance of survival and so it's this dna memory that you're talking about now to the soul unsoul npc kind of thing i had a guy named ben rosenberg on another dude uh, you should totally have on uh, over there in the uk he goes by soul whisperer i uh, met him as well just like amanda ray on tiktok actually tiktok has treated me incredibly well people were bashing it but i, I absolutely love it uh, and <laughs> so he uh talks about one of the things that he said was he's real into like ancient clones and AI and like really the cloning's been around forever and that's what templates are and really we were born into a system that's completely manufactured which I don't oh, necessarily I disagree with. I really have to have this guy on oh, because like I've been wanting to dive down the whole celebrity cloning thing and I have no idea how to get Donald Marshall's attention so I want to find another manifest expert. Manifest that shit. Manifest <laughs> that shit. You can do that, but you can also talk to Ben because you should talk to Ben. So one of the things he said in that episode was that all souls need a body, not all bodies need a soul. Oh, man. Yeah, when he when he said that, I was I was thinking back to um, I had a guy named Peter Whitley on the show. He's the international director of Japan MUFON. Uh, amazing dude. He's uh, he astral projects onto UFOs all the time and just does this shit and hangs out. And he's big into lucid dreaming and astral uh, projecting and all kinds of crazy amazing shit. He's amazing. One of the things that he said on there that connected to what I heard was is when he was on a UFO one time, uh, he said that he asked uh, the greys like what we were, what human beings are. And they said, oh, you're just vessels. And so if you think of it this way, you also think of the comp comments and quotes that you hear from Tesla saying that like we're receivers of our thoughts, not actually generating them. And if you are that and consciousness is somewhere else, then these avatars or these bodies are only tapped into because of the consciousness that you directed at it. And you said, hey, I want to ride that ride at the point in which it's at. Now, how I connect this walk-in thing is let's say there are a shitload of just bodies or just human beings or background people to fill the experience here then perhaps what the great awakening is is us taking a percentage of those people who are programmed to be in the matrix and be representatives for the matrix and inhabiting them or waking them up switching them on and now these souls who want to come in that were on a waiting list for this time period we've been laying a dope ass foundation and now they're like all right dude it's fucking time they jump in here because i I've talked to a lot of fucking people that say, you know, I don't remember anything before two years ago. And that's when I Whoa. had my spiritual awakening. They go, I don't remember. And some people will say, I've heard tons of stories of these. I don't remember anything before the age of 14. And this is when they had like a traumatic experience. And then this is really what shifted their life, which led them to a very spiritual life, right? Or an out of the matrix type of a thing. And I think anybody real has experiences in their life that they can point to that's directed them into a way that this was inevitable. And so if you look at life this way and you start to look around at all the 
people around out here, maybe what, again, this Great Awakening is, it's not more people, like, getting it. It's more people that get it inhabiting bodies that were here playing a role that they didn't get it. So, <clears throat> do you think that they were... Um... Man, I have I actually have so many questions for you. So, obviously, everything that I ask you is going to be hypothetical. Dude, we're just talking here. We're just having fun. No, these are unfalsifiables or unprovables. You can't exactly say exactly. this is what's going on, and I, that's not what we're here to do. We're talk. We're here to talk about the possibilities. So and I've so I've often that, I've often thought it. about this too. So you're sitting there, uh, and and we're uh, we're a vessel, right? So um, we're um, we're traveling from when to when, or from where to where, or if those terms even actually matter, right? Um, but we look at this thing that we're in right now, this reality, and you just said we point out the time in which we want to be. Or is there like a line to get on the ride and then it's like, oh, man, I got to get on right here. It's like this movie's playing at this time. Fuck, it's the only movie playing. <laughs> I, I think you have more <clears throat> I think you have more control over it. And the other thing is I think that you're all the same thing. So at a level, you're all the same damn consciousness, right? But let's say that this is an experience that facilitates, you know, education, because I just think this is a school. I really specifically think it's a school to learn how to navigate duality. But really what it is, is at a level, if we're all the same thing, then all parts need to be played, right? And all parts want to be played. So there's no shitty part of the movie. It may be shitty from our perspective, right? But for the experience of experience's sake, it's not, because it's still part of the ride. It's still an experience, even if it's a bumpy part, whatever. There's a lot lot of lessons that can be learned in that experience right so perhaps what we're talking about here is basically like an, a long fucking movie man that's and you know you hear people all the time talk about that time is not real and time travelers you know or whatever so the idea goes is that you can just hop in and out of time at specific points <clears throat> due to probability but if you have some history there you know precise points right so if this is one huge fucking movie and you're just a consciousness on the other side maybe it's like your favorite movie you know and you put the put the damn cassette in if that's the technology and you're watching your favorite movie but you're also in each role all the time so you're having the experience of this it's like the most immersive ride ever and so uh this is just kind of one of the more fun ideas i like talking about with it i hate that's the prison a, planet thing but i like this it's more fun i just favor yeah, this the idea prison planet's course, not know. not fun at I all i don't care for it man i don't care for it um <clears throat> so do you believe then in, in this aspect so um a buddy of mine who's actually hopefully he's going to be my new co-host um we'll see how that works out um but he believes that um we're all part of one source do you believe we're individual beings and we come to experience this for ourselves? Or do you believe that we're all part of source and we're experiencing it for source? So the B, the B word, the belief. So <clears throat> as far as oh, just like what, what my favorite, what, what I would prefer of the ideas would be, would be just that we're all one thing experiencing itself subjectively. And it's just a, an experience to facilitate learning and for the sake of experience. Like, let's say, I mean, we have these examples here. If you read a book about Thailand and you just think it's amazing, but you never go, you don't really know anything about Thailand, but you got to go there. You check it out. You get amongst them. You experience it. Right. And now you have a greater understanding than any book could ever provide so really what this is it's just a huge like okay i'm creator i can create anything 
uh, I okay, there it is. But what is it like to be happy? What's it like to need to pee? What's it like to taste a chocolate chip cookie? You know, what's a waterfall look like up close and with senses and, you know, skin and, you know, things that can sense an environment around me that's very dynamic and very kinetic. And what does love feel like? What do relationships feel like? What is petting a dog like? Like you don't know that stuff until you do it, right? So if you're going to create all of these things, again, just to facilitate the experience of having the experience with no judgment. So whatever is here is supposed to be here. As shitty as that sounds, this is one of the, I guess, tougher parts of the idea is, is that all of the parts, even the dark, even your Hitlers, even your shitty people, even your lizard turds, they're all still you. All right. So, you know, because that's still part of the idea. And this would be what we would refer to as our shadow selves. Now, again, where I've gotten to with the understanding of that particular part of the conversation <clears throat> is, <clears throat> excuse me, you're Excuse good. me, I'm mowed, I'm mowed today. You know, it's windy as oh, shit. No. Allergies uh, kicking me, but I love it. Uh, so what I would say to that is even the darkest parts of us, just like the darkest parts of us on an individual level, right, as above, so below, they facilitate the experience of you being very motivated to enact change. And I think that that's really what this experience is about. That's why we experience linear time, because that's how you can perceive change is by measuring it over time and so if that's the case then all the shitty things out here air quotes are just here to motivate the parts of us that need to learn it in that way and so all of it's to elevate consciousness every single bit of it i think that that's what we're here to do is reassemble but also again this is a, a dynamic environment that's riddled with duality and again this is why i think that this is what we're here to do if you had to say like what's the point of this place if it is if we have all of these understandings that perhaps it's just a ride perhaps it's a game it's a school it's a hogwarts where you just learn whatever you know you're here to learn then i would say to that then uh you know it's to navigate duality because of all the extremes the hot cold dark light the hate the fear love uh, like all of it. It's so wild on either side that really what you do is I think you bounce between the two until you find the middle path. And maybe that's what the term middle path is all about. It's about achieving balance in duality. Ah, <clears throat> very interesting. Well, I'm mad at myself for choosing, uh, what I chose. So <laughs> why? No, let's break that down. We're going to talk about this right now. What 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 well, judgment do you have about decisions that you made based on the information you had at the time? Well, I so I love how you uh, just you just broke that down. So and I and I fully agree with like you are where you are in life a hundred percent out of every single decision that you've ever made, right? So and no accident. <clears throat> Right. So there was a time in my life where somebody had told me that and it was because I was pissed off that I had been falsely accused of something and I had to fight it like with the law. And thank God it got dropped because the person was absolutely 100% lying about the entire situation. It was just completely made up. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> I was like, no, that's not true because I didn't decide to have this person make something up about me and then go to police like trying to get me in trouble like and well, I mean, maybe not. That wasn't my intentions of, of what was going to happen between the friendship with this fucking person, but that's what happened. And it was my decisions that didn't see this person for who they were and the snake that they, that they were. And that was my decision. So in all, all reality, even if I ended up like in prison for the things this person said that I did, which thank God the justice system works every once in a while. But, um, 
you know, that's it still would have been my fucking my decisions that put me there. Right. So let me I got to ask, were there signs along the relationship you had with this individual that it probably wasn't a good idea that you you stuck with it? Uh, You know what? It was honestly it was like the second day in this. I'll go ahead and say what happened. So and I was like fucking flabbergasted. I met a girl through a friend of a friend. So a buddy of mine was uh, dating this girl and she brought a girl along and then we ended up hooking up. I didn't know this girl had a fucking boyfriend and Mm. she also has like a head case issue where she has falsified accusations against guys in the past. And then so she hit me up like a few days after we had met. We go upstairs, we hook up. Um. And then uh, later on, she uh, gets caught by her boyfriend and then makes up a story about how she got raped. The boyfriend takes her to the police station and she fucking files a police report about it. And I actually had to proclaim my innocence. Like they came to arrest me and they took my sheets and like all kinds of crazy shit. And like in the end, she finally admitted that she was fucking lying because like the friend of a friend is like, yo, you're going to ruin this person's fucking life. Like, we both know what happened, you know, yeah. and I'm going to testify against you. <clears throat> so, I mean, so this relationship obviously wasn't that long. Like you, you it was just... the literally the second time I had hung out with this person and I had no idea. Like I didn't, but I didn't vet her. I didn't like say, Hey, what do you know about this girl? Like, you know, I was thinking with not the, the head that you should normally be thinking with. I was thinking with the 20 something year old head, uh, that usually oh, takes over. Yeah. Yeah. Then don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You get us started with, okay, so in my 20s. And oh, my bad. Yeah, dude. Well, no, I... no, no, no. What, it's a joke. What I mean <laughs> to say is, is because in your 20s, you're supposed to be doing dumb shit like that. That's when you do the dumb shit. Yes. Are you, how old are you now? Uh, 42. Okay. See, so you're long past that. You understand this then. And through your 30s, same thing. I just hit 40. So I just had my 40th birthday two weeks ago. So uh, happy I'm birthday. Just joining your, yeah. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. And when's yours? Uh, January 4th. Happy birthday. Uh, so, you know, it, it seems that like your 20s are the times in which that happens. And of course, I mean, I had some fucked up shit happen back then, too. And all every time, of course, it was just something it was big lessons that I learned along the way. It was kind of like big icebergs to ping you back on your path because, yes, you were on the right path. But man, being shot out of a cannon like that to a different alternative pattern, it's it's a free for all out there. And so you need some pretty big jolts to bump you back on path and to give you these huge huge opportunities for growth. And that's what I would view that as, as an opportunity for growth. And it sounds like you grew through it. So there's no failure in that. I'm only hearing a success story when you speak of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, eventually, yeah, but it tarnished my name. I lost my job at the time. I had to like, I didn't know what to do. So at first I actually even went on the run. I was like, what the fuck? Like, cause I'm like, I didn't do this. I don't know what to do. Like, so it was, it was a very traumatic experience for not only me, but for my daughter, like also, you know, Yeah. She was young at the time. I had no idea what's going on. Why are the cops coming in my house and, you know, taking sheets out of the bedroom? And <clears throat> Well, 
It's horrible. And it obviously facilitated an experience. You got over that. You learned a lot. Uh, you probably have a pretty lengthy rap sheet. You uh, ask somebody before you make the beast with two backs, and I don't think that that's bad protocol. I think it's a buzzkill, but it may not be bad protocol. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know who hasn't, but I swear I've lived like 20 different lives and I'm about to start another one. I'm hitting a crossroad right now where within this week, I, no matter what decision I, ha I make, I have to make a decision and it's going to change the outcome of the rest of my life. So, so you get to make a decision. I that's get going to. to steer your ship in the, in the, in the path. How, how are you approaching the decision? Well, I, um, you don't have to tell us what it is. I'm just curious about your thought process going into it. I laid out what my options are um, on paper. And then today throughout the day, I uh, talked to a couple people and I'm going to talk to a couple more who I value their opinion. And I'm going to say, look, this is what I'm faced with. And these are the options that I see. And maybe they'll have other options that I don't see or whatever. But yeah, so this is one of those times in my life where in the past I've been scared shitless where I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to live in a tent, you know, like type of situation. Whereas now I'm really kind of calm about it. I don't I don't feel like it's the end of the world. I feel like whatever does happen is absolutely going to change the rest of my life. Um, Good. But uh, what that is, I'm not scared because... <clears throat> I don't know. <clears throat> I'm just not scared because whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And I feel like I've been manifesting a lot of good things lately. So hopefully I can keep that mojo going. It's just your vibe man. it's your alignment. And it, obviously we're talking, so we're in alignment. I'm an incredibly high vibe person. I only, uh, I, I'm a magnet for incredible people. And this I'm so proud about, about myself. And you've done a lot of work. It sounds like since the last time that we spoke to now. And so alignment wise, it makes complete sense. So if I had to bet on you, I would say that you're in alignment for your highest timeline, which is wonderful. And you can do those quantum jumps in the showers. Every time you take a shower, every time you walk through a doorway and say it's a portal jumping you to your highest timeline, just mentally to yourself, you know, and it, with that intent of every time you go through a threshold, you're stepping into your highest timeline possible at the time. And so, you know, aligning up and being intentional with it rather than going, oh, that dude at work is such a tool or, oh, man, I can't believe what happened on the Real Housewives of whatever. You know, there are many <laughs> things that go through your mind. And if you want maybe somewhere to start, if you're looking for something actionable, would be with your thoughts. I mean, I installed a thought ninja. It's a whole thing with me. I, I really wanted to stop my spirals and I succeeded at that. But it was only being mindful of my thoughts it was a mindful way to be mindful right wait wait, so, wait wait you can't skip over this thought ninja thing i want to know more about it i think i might need a thought ninja <clears throat> Well, everybody gets a thought ninja. So after this, you know, this is what we call a choice point in life, right? So you either hear what I'm about to say and say it's complete bullshit, or you go, hmm, there might be something to that. And if that's the case, you automatically get a thought ninja or a thought samurai or a thought onabugesha, which is a female samurai. You can get whatever you want, a dinosaur that just snatches up thoughts, whatever. So basically the idea was, is I had a habit. I, I realized, because I manifest being in alignment. I don't manifest things. I manifest freedom uh, in the alignment to do what I wish and all of the wonderful things to elevate consciousness and to be of maximum service that I can. And so if, if you're on that train of thought, then for me, it, it, it's not about like the car or the money or whatever. It's, it's not about that. It's about being in alignment. And so with alignment, you reevaluate everything. And so really what I was being, what I manifest rather than things is 
answers to questions I have about blockages I don't see or, or blind spots that I've got. So I'm manifesting that blind spots manifest themselves in my reality so that I can deal with them or have the opportunity to grow in the way that's necessary to clear whatever blocks I don't see. And so even that deliberate with it, I'm like hacking the game here. I'm, I don't want, you know, uh, like I said, the money or whatever. I want to know why I have blocks based on my childhood about money and how do I deal with those and move forward. Now, rather it results in money or not, the fact that there's a desire that's unfulfilled in the way in which I'd like to see it, then that means to me that there's a blockage there of something that I can do without. That is that is weight that I'm carrying around that I'm unaware of, <clears throat> excuse me, that I uh, would like to get rid of. And so I'm just mindful about what I'm thinking. And so I, this also dovetails into some, you know, spiral thoughts. And I know that all of us get these things, man. And so I would get in these really bad spirals. And so usually I'm fucking a boundless optimist, dude. But when I have these moments and they're dark, they're really fucking dark. And I can't be around anyone. I self-isolate, but it's not, it's because I don't want to be around anyone else because I bring everybody down. You know, when I'm down, I drive the hearse as it as yeah, the yeah. goes. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like I, I'll, I'll recluse myself for sure. Like when I yeah. feel like that, my solitude is welcome. Yes. Well, and it's a good thing. It's a part of the process. And so a huge part of this, and this splinters into so many damn different conversations we can have about this, about, you know, managing expectations, managing your perception, but not denying anything. That's what shadow work really is. It's not hating the darkest parts of yourself. It's loving the scariest parts of yourself. And that embracing is about, again, the balance that we talk about, the middle path. You know, this is the balance and duality is because you even have things about you. We all do that are unsightly or things that you you're just like, why the fuck is that in there? Now, where the thought ninja comes in is that basically I just put a little guy in there. He's a little ninja. He's a black dress ninja. He's got a badass katana. And I just said, okay, hang out. I'm going to sit back here and you just tell me whenever I get a thought that's not in my highest vibrational alignment for my highest timeline. And I've already stated that intention. So I know what my highest timeline is now. I got to interrupt you, bro. I'm please, sorry. Please. And it has nothing to do with what you're talking about. I just think it's crazy because nobody ever uses that word katana. And that... oh is my dog's name because I fucking, oh. so I, I just thought that was, that, that was really strange that you used that word Katana. So anyways, I'm sorry to interrupt your story because you were on a no, fucking roll, bro. You were going and I'm like oh. hanging on the edge of my seat here. So all good. No Katana, super badass sword. So uh, it's very specific. Again, you know, it's about the detail. It's about the detail in which you really embrace the idea. You know, it's not, uh, it's just some sort of floppy ninja. It's like, no, my ninja's uh, got a black suit on. He's got red, um, uh, belt on a badass katana and uh, like a little string coming down with a little um, turquoise emerald on the bottom of it and so I know this dude very intimately he is my bouncer he is the dude that says you know what buddy you're not wearing the right shoes meaning you're not in the highest vibrational alignment for entering this person's conscious where you're, you can float around now uh, it it was one of these things to where once I really did that and I stepped back I just watched the thoughts it's like Ram Dass says you just watch them like leaves rolling down a river and you just go, huh, that's what that is. And sometimes there'll be indicators for things and ways in which you can approve or ways in which you just shine light on yourself to say, I either embrace and integrate this or, you know, I let it continue to consume me. And really what this allowed me to do was so many damn things, man. It dove into my subconscious. I had him digging around in the back and he'd just kind of bring me thoughts and go, hey, you had this rolling around back there. Do you still believe in it and think about it? I'm like, no. And so he's like, cool, out. And he jumps it up, kicks it in the air, katanas it in half and it's gone i'm like rewriting neurons with this man and it, it's how just do you get to this point 
Like, honestly, because you you just described something very, very fucking real to you. Like, it it is, it's like turning on the light switch when you walk into a room for you. And and for a lot of people, it's like, oh, that's make-believe. And for me, it's like, I'm just trying to get into um, meditating and learning how to properly breathe and sit still long enough to even do it. Because I don't know if you've ever seen that movie where the kids end up creating their own school, um, their own college, and then they like write in the classes yes accepted and then there's that guy justin long yeah it's a fun movie yeah Yeah. and then there's that guy that like walks up and sees the class that's meditating and he sits down he's like this looks awesome can i join you and he sits down for five seconds and he goes that was amazing and then runs off that's me (laughs) i'm the same way i can't i don't do the sit meditation i have several different ways that i do it we live on land so i mow so like today i was out there it takes three hours to mow the yard right it's just two acres around the around the house and then we have 10 acres for the donkeys goats and that's where we keep the pond and so in the back back here though the part of the two acre uh, around the like the yard for the dogs and us there's a bunch of pecan trees back there so it's badass we, we're just so blessed with this place but there's a huge part of that area it's got to be three quarters if not a full acre that i mow all the way around and then i leave the middle to grow up all natural like so oh, it's nice. all natural grasses you get the wildflowers you get the pollinators you get you know places for little animals and stuff to hide and then i mow a pa- a, a, a path about as wide as my just one width of my mower all the way through the thing and snake it through now what this does is it provides me mowing for me because again it's a three-hour thing i get to mow i'm super excited for this it is not a chore for me i consider it moditation because it's my meditation i get to put music or a podcast or an audiobook on and just go man and make something beautiful be productive but while also being mindful of the content i'm ingesting or just being watching my thoughts so it's okay to ingest a podcast while you're doing these things in in considerate meditation well anything you put a deliberate focus on i think so for minds like mine and yours where they're just going and there's a lot of things going on in there what you really want to practice is again being mindful and just being able to focus on one thing so while you're mowing you're doing a a multi-task thing where you're mowing at the same time while you're ingesting information while you're focusing on that information so it's threefold right and so if you can do this in rhythm and harmony then it's not a problem at all now also a vast majority of the time and especially lately i've been listening to frequency music like 888 hertz and stuff like that different frequency playlist where it's binaural beats it's a bunch of really cool things to really work on the hemi-sync elements of stuff and so whenever i'm out there mowing this is what i do so whenever i go mow i mow the path so it's a labyrinth right one way in one way out and then i go walk it barefoot which is grounding right just putting your bare feet on the earth for about 10 minutes a day reduces inflammation helps with ton there's tons of research on this you swap ions with the earth it's it's all kinds of crazy so I then meditate in there as well. No phones. You know, I just walk barefoot through this whole thing. It takes about 45 minutes round trip for you just to walk in and walk out. And it's my meditation, right? Because I don't sit still. I just don't. So I'm out in nature. The dogs are running around. There's many things to distract me, but I'm just moment. You just be in the moment. I think being present is my form of meditation. But it takes something as deliberate as that for me to be present. Otherwise, my mind's you know, all over, but it gets better with practice. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I love disc golf and I, I mean, I totally am in my zone and I used to listen to meditation music while I would play disc golf. Now I find myself just listening because it's, you're, you're kind of in the forest, at least for Sacramento, it's as foresty as it gets. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I decided that I've, I've started listening to just the sounds around and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so maybe that can be considered an entry level, uh, part of my meditation as well. 
Yeah. But I definitely love doing uh, yard work and, and gardening. And I suck at gardening, bro, but I, I just got into it. And and That's I awesome. love it. Like, I've killed so much stuff. But <laughs> when I do You're harvest learning. when I do harvest stuff, it feels amazing. <laughs> You're learning. You're doing great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we have the goats. We have the donkeys. We have, you know, uh, we grow things out here as well. We are uh, out in the country, man. And so we just YouTubed everything, dude. So you can oh, YouTube dude. anything. It's it's amazing. Yeah, that's how we learned all of it. Yeah, that's the only time I will praise YouTube, man, is yeah. for how-to videos. They just took my show off. It's This is the I third time this. they've taken yeah. me down. So it's just whatever, guys. Patriot Podcast Network and Rumble. I'm not even trying oh, to yeah. get back on there. But I will say this. Anytime I've they ever had it. They don't deserve you. And you know that, right? They don't deserve you. That's what it is. That's what I yeah. just need to tell myself. you know. And, I, and Patriot Podcast Network got me with welcome welcoming arms so you know yeah. you can check me out over there um, See, it's a place that you're you're welcome that's a home for you you know they didn't create a home for you over there it was something you battled and some that when you sent you when you hit send on that and upload on that video you had a little bit of like oh every time you did it and so yeah. now that that's gone out of your life so this is how the universe works it moves you around but you're open to be surprised by the universe which is great so just keep keep moving forward dude i'm proud of you well, I will say this. You know, last episode, I wasn't even going to upload it to YouTube. So here's what happens. Uh, we taught you discussed uh, Mercury and retrograde before we freaking uh, yeah. jumped on here. Yeah. But so here's what happened. Here's was my idea going into last uh, episode because I knew it wasn't YouTube friendly. Mm -hmm. So I was just going to put together a couple of clips for YouTube uh, directing people to Rumble. Now, I tried to upload it upload it to rumble and it failed twice each time i tried to upload it it took forever and then it would go all the way uploading and it would say failed to upload and then i figured out that the freaking file size was too big and i couldn't condense it down any any further at the moment and i'm like i just need to put this episode out because i already put a time on it and so i freaking uploaded it to youtube anyways and i'm like they're gonna take me down i knew it and I did it anyways, but you know what? I really don't care because it was just a matter of time before YouTube took me down and frig it. Uh, it's, it is what it is. So it was a good episode to go out on. I think it got some pretty good views before they took it down. Can, can I offer another perspective? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So perhaps because, again, you went into it with the intent of, oh, they're going to take it down because of the content of the episode, which I don't disagree with you. I've got a, an entire web, uh, piece on my website. Actually, I have my entire website because my first video got pulled from, from YouTube. I was like, got it. And I just created a website. Uh, this was a year ago. That was the motivation to do it. Now I'm super happy for that. Uh, so I have a whole uh, page on my the front of my website, absolutely free. Just go over there. That are all of the things, that, and I titled the folder, Too Hot for YouTube. It's oh. the things nice. that YouTube won't allow over there. So I will then deliberately move things and not put them up and do exactly what you said. I'll put a trailer up. I'll put a little thing and even put like a little graphic that I type out like with space in the background and says like, fuck YouTube, we're not welcome here. Check the link in the show notes, you know, or whatever, and you can come find the real video and go watch it. So uh, we do stuff like that as well. But I will, so the alternate perspective on that would be is that, you know, you knew going in that it was going to get pulled and still did it. So the question then is, is did YouTube pull it down because it's... Uh, against their guidelines or did they pull it down because you manifested that they would 
Oh, it could have been two different people manifesting it because before we even started, my guest was like, just to let you know, every episode I've ever been on, it gets yanked from YouTube. Okay. So right and there, so dude. before right we there. even press record, yeah. he was like, because he was no like YouTube. straight before we even started, he was like, is this going on YouTube? And I was like, yep. And he was like, it's going to get yanked. And I was like, okay, well then I'll start using YouTube for what I originally made this account for anyway. The funny thing is, is I usually, uh, the past two um, uh, profiles that I had, I would get uh, three strikes and then they would take me off or I'd get two strikes and then they would tell me that my account was taken down. This time it was just this one episode, bro. It was just, they were like, it's this motherfucker again. (laughs) You're gone. (laughs) You're not welcome here. Go. (laughs) Just whack them all. Take your ball and play somewhere else. (laughs) That's exactly right. So now to my bigger point, Uh, would you have gotten the offer from the Patriot uh, if the YouTube thing wouldn't have happened? So here's the thing. Is I was on, I've been on the Patriot Podcast Network uh, since birth. So, okay. Yeah, since the birth of the Patriot Podcast Network, I was one of the original 10 uh, shows that was invited to be a part of it. So, no, but it gave me an opportunity to uh, say, hey, why aren't we promoting this more? There it is. So, there you go. Hindsight again, of course, uh, it's always a blessing. These things, it's always works out in divine timing and it takes things like that to really shake, shake things up. You know, it's your Shiva. You go through these little Shiva uh, moments, you know, Shiva is the God of destruction, right? But it takes that destruction moving through for you to have these things fall apart. It's called the law of compensation and manifestation. I mean, there are many examples of this. And so it takes these things, a tower moment and tarot, all of that. And it takes these fall aparts or this clearing of the path, right? For then new things to be built up. And so it's a very necessary part of the process. So I may employ you and anyone listening, now that you have your thought ninja and you are aware of how you spiral and you're not going to do that anymore because you know this thought leads to that thought leads to that thought and just be mindful of your thoughts and no judgment, by the way. This can't exist with you judging the way that you think or the way that your past decisions went or things that you decided to do with the information you had at the time. Like uh, all that shit is over. Abandon that. And if that is a thought process up there, start with that one, right? Uh, So what then you look at is is that if you are manifesting your reality in this way then there are greater things going on here and really all you have to do is point your feet down river instead of swimming up it right and just let like go with the flow literally you know again another reference it's everywhere and so you just find these opportunities everywhere that were right in front of you but it took something like that to move you over and i think that youtube's a sinking ship they're gonna just have cat videos and cooking videos and how to's and that's it nobody <laughs> worth their salt wants to go over there the reason we so upload videos there is because that's the mindset's not shifted yet and so we're facilitating that for everybody who just wants that but we're very mindful about letting folks know that the website is the way to go because of all of the nonsense so i hear you brother but i'm proud of you man i mean you're you're making moves dude and if that wouldn't have happened you already have the awareness of it that you wouldn't have been promoting it as much and now you are which will make it a greater success which will get you more skin in the game which you know you're investing more of your energy which is really what the project needs is good positive content creators that are investing great intent and energy with their efforts into it yeah absolutely it's amazing and and something something greater might come of it too because because of this i hit up a couple people who are in the know with rockfin and uh, i have two separate people reaching out helping me hopefully one of these days i'll be able to say and uh, catch my show on rockfin 
Oh, <laughs> uh, you will. Just manifest. Is that was something that you want? Oh man, it's been uh, from day one of when Sam announced Rockfin on Tinfoil Hat. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna be there one day. Yeah. Well, you are then. Uh, I would say then uh, release your attachment to it. That's the only reason you don't. You're not there yet. It's because you're attached to the idea pretty firmly. Ah. If I may just offer it. So just let it go. Like we like. So you want to be on Rockfin, right? Right, and I well, here's the thing: is when I first started my podcast, I don't know why I felt like when I first started, I thought I was way better than I was, and I thought my show deserved so much that it didn't deserve. Like I had to go through the ropes, I had to go at least a year and get beat up and see what it's really like, like trying to earn the numbers and get people a following and and get taken down off of YouTube and taken down off of Instagram and start all over. And I think I had to earn my stripes. Um, I didn't deserve it back then. And um, maybe I, I'm still cocky. May, it, maybe I'm may. still cocky, but I think I may have earned my stripes now. <laughs> you you definitely have. And you, you deserve... You deserve the world, man. So if we're talking worthiness, which is what deserve denotes, then I would say at that time, especially you deserved it. Absolutely. Because we all deserve whatever we desire. But what the answer to this was is alignment, right? And so you were in a vibrational alignment for the things that you really want, which is what you're experiencing now. And who knows what you'll experience in two weeks when you're even more in alignment and two years from now when you're even more in alignment. And so it's just this progression. It's this spiral, but it's a spiral upwards. So you're always ascending and learning and growing. And so what's really cool about that process that you described, which I completely empathize with, is that in my mind, whenever you feel that, you feel that grandeur, you feel that, yes, this is, this, I should be huge. That's an incredible indicator, brother. That means that you've stepped into the, the pathway of your highest version timeline because you're on the correct path now. And what you felt was an indicator of what's to come. That was a resonant frequency sent to you back from your future self because you just pinged on the frequency. It's like Top Gun, right? Whatever they get the lead and it goes, beep because they got to aim they're they're on target all you got to do is hold your hold your aim and this is what you experienced and so this is why you get that feeling of like why not and whatever and then you'll what what the real test of that is is to not battle through it but to grow out of it through alignment and you align through you know fucking things up having shitty shows having shitty audio you know doing doing things the wrong way or the hard way i mean it's just part of this process but what it all is is it's it's alignment it's all about tuning you into that real clear version of who you are because you've already snapped onto lock lock with it so that's an incredible indicator, man. Well, I Even appreciate frustrating. that. Yeah, that's that moment again. It's that collapse. It's that uh, it's that dissonance. It's it's very necessary though for this experience because the universe loves to surprise you, and you know this oh, because yeah. you get these real dips in energy or just things start to fall apart. And it sucks, but that's when your hugest glow ups and the biggest amount of endorphins and all of that pumps through your body whenever things do finally come because of the time before it. It's a technique in music called dissonance. Uh, there's many examples of this again, but we're darkest before the dawn. All of these things, you know. Anytime your life starts to fall apart and you've been mindful of the direction that you're going, that's amazing. Actually celebrate that. I know it sounds fucking counterintuitive, but celebrate it because it's an indicator that you're absolutely on track and it is right there. You're right there. Well, that's good to hear because <laughs> I got double whammied today with some bad news, both financially, good. both financially and uh, something else too. So I'm like, oh man, I got to figure something out. I mean, like immediately. But the thing is, is like, like I said earlier, is like this time I'm not scared. This time I'm like, I know I'm going to figure it out one way or another. But so anyways, when, um, when I met you, uh, so Brandon, you were on, um, ghost show and, uh, 
uh, like I mentioned before, we were talking about psychedelics. And I don't know if you remember or not, but I had said, you know, the only time I had ever taken psychedelics or taken mushrooms, uh, I think specifically is what we were talking about, but any psychedelic, it was a bad experience. I ate way too much and I was by myself and it was like the most horrible thing ever. And I said, never again. But recently I've been thinking maybe if I go into it with different intentions and now I know what to expect type of thing. So I'm happy to report that two days ago, uh, my roommate came home and said, would you like to split this bar with me? And it was a chocolate bar. Um, and I said, absolutely. So I go into it knowing I'm like, it just in my head. Okay. If this happens the same way that it did last time, just know that this is possible. It's a possibility. And now I know what to expect and maybe I'll learn something from it. So that's what was in my head going into this. I was prepared for this just intense, just, fuck <laughs> right that happened when i took this heroic amount of mushrooms um this time it was probably exactly what i needed it was extremely mellow i didn't get the crazy freaking kaleidoscope visuals that i did last time where i just completely went into a different realm and i'm like oh my god where did i live because this is am i gonna make it back there again i love that yeah <laughs> so like this that. was this was very different and not to mention i had uh my roommate with me who's been one of my best friends since sixth grade so awesome. yeah so it was a very comfortable she kept asking me like how do you feel and i'm just like i'm just uh, super relaxed and i was giggly i was laughing at the dumbest yeah. things she's like why are you laughing i'm like i have no idea it was like the first time i got high from weed you know like just laughing for no reason <laughs> it should be fun like that that's how i experience mushrooms man sometimes i'll go in the deep heroic doses but not very often i like the i i just enjoy the the altered state i like it Definitely. You always so, learn something from it. So that being said, though, um, I definitely do want to take a, de a heroic dose or I want to go to the, the place that um, Amanda Ray was talking about in, um, I know it's in Mexico, uh, Cancun. Um mm. And take, yeah, and maybe mm -hmm. do that whole experience. Unfortunately, like it's not in my budget right now, but, and I, and I even asked her when she was on the show, I was like, I, it's not like I want to like ask around and just get like acid. Right. And she was like, I mean, it's not going to not be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and so I'm like, all right. I need to take a heroic dose of something knowing that I'm going into it. Like I, I feel like I need what she talks about, like that big moment where you're able to say, holy fuck and just release all the shit that you've been holding on to. I, I think ayahuasca would do you really well. And I think because, and, and so I don't disagree with you on a heroic dose. And I think that your intentions are pure. And I think that you'll get what you're after. You'll, you'll find what you're looking for in there. But also just describing, you know, previously what we had talked about on, on that ghost panel. Uh, and then also just kind of a bit, bit more information that you've just given here. Uh, you know, the Ibogaine, so just, just so you know the difference. So I, uh, ayahuasca, you know, indigenous to Peru. I actually know the guy who runs the first government-funded research center in Aikido's Peru. It's where Zach Efron went down to shoot um, Down to Earth, whatever. That's kind of the claim to frame. But it's a really amazing place. A guy named Carlos Tanner. He's incredible. you you got to have him on. An unbelievable dude. And so uh, ayahuasca, which is what he mainly facilitates, what he facilitates, is more called grandmother ayahuasca. It's yes, it's there. It's, it's there to 
to to clean you up, but really it's it's a more of gentle type of an experience. But ibogaine, which is a derivative of iboga, which is out of Africa, is considered the grandfather psychedelic, and it's rough. It's it's not easy on you. It's not like grandmother. They're described that way because of the personality tendencies of your like your ancestors, right? Right. And so I got you. So the grandfather is going to be kind of strict and you know more stern. Yeah. No no nonsense. Yeah. Just you're fucking changing it, and here's how you're going to have to do it. And it knows the way to scare the shit out of you the most to really make the biggest impact, which is valuable, right? It's still yeah, valuable. Yeah, sounds like might be the route. Or the route, route. I tried to mix road and route together. Yeah. Roads. Roads. Black sheep pull. Yes. Nice job. Tommy seven. Seven miles an hour. <laughs> this is a good pull. I love that we're close in age. That's perfect. Uh, hell yeah. But it, it is. It, it, uh, it's just about the experience. But if you, I would say try it all, dude. I'd say, you know, do it all. It sounds like it'd be beneficial. It sounds like your heart's in the right place, which is really the question, not your mind. Your heart is in the right place. And that's what's necessary because that's what, that's what really you're, you're looking to reconnect with. And really what trauma is uh, instilled by is these uh, excited states that you get in. And this is the way that Carlos Tanner, again, of the Ayahuasca Foundation, amazing dude. Uh, he, he was talking about that whenever you go through trauma, you get in these extrasensory states. And so your, your bandwidth, your senses, you know, everything's dialed to 11 because the adrenaline's pumping so much. You've had a very traumatic experience. And no matter what this is, you get in a state of hypersensitivity and you plant memories out here during that state of hypersensitivity that you don't remember when you come back to baseline or you reintegrate into just a normal homeostasis type of a mode. Now, those things are still out there. It's just you don't put yourself on a day-to-day basis in a state of hypersensitivity to be able to access them to bring them to forward to deal with them properly and or to even just bring them to you to reinterpret them from the understanding that you have now, which that's really all you're doing. So if you look at it this way, then really what you're doing whenever you take an iboga or an ayahuasca ceremony, when you participate in these things, what they do is they put you in a state of hypersensitivity and then they illuminate those things that were there before that you don't have access to otherwise. And so then you bring them up so that when you come back to baseline, they're not over there like barnacles under your boat anymore. They're not there. You cleared them because you got into the states where you could see them, interact with them, engage with them and clear them. I I totally believe in this and I totally believe that it's going to help me and help uh, answer some questions that I've had before and maybe even help me realize that I don't need the answers to some of the questions that I have. Um, And and I totally believe this because um, and even though this is a totally different experience, but I used MDMA to help me get over um, a girlfriend that I thought I would never get over. Like I was just hung up on this chick and it was like three years later. And I'm just like, Oh my God, she's moved on, married, had kids. And I'm just like, but she was supposed to be the one like still like, you know, like never taking any relationship serious throughout that time because I'm like, Oh, she's going to come back to me, you know, like totally living in fantasy land. And anyways, MDMA, like it was like night and day. Like I did, I did this, uh, experience and for that reason, it wasn't to go get fucked up and, and go rave. Like, believe me, I had my days where I did that shit, but like this particular time, it wasn't for that reason. And it totally fucking worked. 
Yeah, MDMA is what's called a heart opener. So that's something that completely makes sense. Uh, this in this in uh, the case of like I have a good friend of mine uh, been on the show a bunch. His name is Christopher the Astro Medium. Amazing dude. And you should totally have him on. Again, this is just a list of people you should have on your show. <laughs> nice. Uh, I love uh, while you're going through your list, man. I should totally have on Tommy Chong too. You got him on there. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's such a hoot, man. He is so much fun to talk to. I'll get you. I'll get you the John Paul, his um, manager's contact. He's. Wonderful. I was totally he's joking. So Bro, I was totally to joking. To I would love to have him on. And actually, the guy oh, that I'm, the guy that is going to be taking over as co-host, uh, does these Mandela's, um, like uh, kaleidoscope-looking art with um, leftover clippings from his weed farm, and oh, he makes cool. art out of them. And, and then he like presses them in this like. Um, I don't even know what it's called, but it's like that clear stuff where you pour it over stuff and then it dry resin. Or, uh, yeah, epoxy. it's resin. Epoxy. Epoxy. Uh, I believe yeah, it's a resin. Epoxy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's just awesome. And so they were at a um, they were at an event one time, a convention, and um, uh, he happened to be there. And so you know, it was kind of awesome. They were they got to chop it up with Tommy, and they gave him one of their pieces of art. And their art's not cheap either because they put a lot of time and effort into it. So it's sure. not. You know, so I was like, I don't even have a piece like, you know, and so I just think that's awesome. So if we were able to have them on, it would be cool because they already have a connection. Be like, hey, do you remember? Like, I, you know, maybe he even has it hanging up at his house. That'd be awesome. Check the chat. There's your email. Oh, dude, you are so dope. There you go. Just email him. Uh, tell him I said hi and tell him you'd love to get Tommy on your show. He'll send you a window of time and he'll ask you for dates. You send that and then he'll you'll have him for about an hour. 45 minutes to an hour, depending on what he what he wants to do. He's awesome. He's so much fun to talk to, dude. He is such a, a fucking hoot. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you got to have him on. Tell him I said hi whenever you talk to him. Okay, cool, man. You are the best. Thank you so much. I can't believe no. we did that on air. And every time I say I'm going to edit that out, I never edit it out. So, uh, yeah, good thing you sent no, that in chat. <laughs> this is real time. This is because you're in alignment. So this is how manifestations work when you're in alignment. Because you're at least talking to me, I, I have a high standard for alignment. And so I know if we're speaking, it's in alignment. So the, now manifestations are happening a lot quicker. You just mentioned offhand that you wanted Tommy Chong on the show. And before you could finish explaining the awesome, by the way, awesome connection you have with Art, you had the email contact. You'll be able to email him right now if you want. They're in uh, California, so he's, you know, it's only 630 out there. So in where you are. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. So you can email him right now while we're live on the air and get a response probably while we're on the air and have him booked on your show. That would this be shit work. <laughs> that would be if amazing. You want, here, I tell you what, pull up his email and email him just a short, quick thing. I'm going to read something out of this new book to keep everybody in mind. And let's do this real time to see uh, you'll get a response and you'll have him booked by the by the time we end our conversation. <laughs> You're amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. So uh, I want to tell you guys about something to what you were talking about, about MDMAs while you're doing that. And I'm very proud of you, by the way. Uh, there's this new book called The Psychedelic Handbook, and it's by Dr. Rick Strassman. Now, Rick Strassman wrote um, DMT, The Spirit Molecule. It was a study that he did on intravenous DMT. He took him a long time. The story's phenomenal. It took him a long time to get funding because uh, it was a Schedule 1. Finally got funding, started the process, and, signed, and the uh, experiences in 90. And they did well over 30, I believe. And they stopped, I believe, because he felt bad. He had a moral um, issue with putting people through this experience and then pulling them back. And it was, like, really, really traumatic, right, because of what they were talking about. But he, what he would do was is take... 
you know, prolonged intravenous DMT stints. And so it would be one of these things where they were under for a very long time so that they could have more of an experience, a more detailed uh, kind of um, walkabout in this world, right? And so it'd give him a better collection of data. Anyway, so again, in his new book, I've got him coming on in, a, in next month sometime, but I'm really excited about talking to him. No, that's amazing. Um, I'm sorry, man. I'm really slow. It was, it didn't let me copy no. what you wrote, so I oh. had to actually screenshot it, and now I'm typing it out. Sorry. That's okay. You're you're on your way. No apology needed, and you're not sorry. Uh, no, okay. I need to quit that's saying I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. You were doing it. This is a safe place we can all learn and grow together. Okay. So let me tell you about this. So enactogen and empathogens. Now, to what you said about MDMA a minute ago, th this I just found so fascinating. So uh, these are uh, relatively new terms for MDMA-like drugs. Enactogen is a combination of a Greek root weaning within and the Latin root tactus meaning touch so that means to touch within so and refers uh, to these drugs as ability to put people in closer contact with themselves especially their emotional lives empathogen generating empathy emphasizes their empathy enhancing effects uh, the two terms are interchangeable because they describe the same family of compounds and their predominant emotional effects so I, I just thought that that was so interesting that they're calling heart openers or MDMA or something that really you go within and it's a very emotional feeling enactogens and empathogens I thought that was awesome because you're an empath right you feel things and these are the drugs that you go within to discover most about you. And so I just love that. I thought, I thought that that was a really cool thing. And anyway, the Psychedelic Handbook, it's his new book coming out. He'll be on the show uh, next month. So I'm super excited about it. But I thought that that was fucking cool. And to what you said about the heart openers. And then again, back to Christopher, the Astro Medium, to finish the point, he facilitates uh, retreats out in Atlanta. So if you ever want to go to one, dude, let me know. I'd, I'll fucking go out there with you. I haven't been yet. He's a good friend of mine. I met him through the show, but he came through and stayed with my wife and I. I love this guy. He's fucking amazing. And we'll, we'll fucking go out there, dude, and have one of his retreats. He does ayahuasca, uh, heart opener, MDMAs. It's really tailored. It's a very interesting experience. So that's, cool. that's exactly what I'm looking for. The, uh, hang you on. Should. I'm going to, I'm going to get back to you on that. Uh, I have one question about this email before I send it. Is it, uh, am I reaching out to Tommy himself or his agent? His agent. So this is a guy named John Paul. Gotcha. So just title it John, J-O-N, Paul, P-A-U-L. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to give too much away. Uh, no, no, no. That's, that's all you need to say about it. That's it. That's just how you spell the guy's name. That's it. We're not doing anything. Okay. Now in the chat as well uh is christopher the astro medium's email tell him i sent you he is one of the my dearest friends of all time and just let him know that you're interested in um his retreats and that i sent you he's a sweetheart <clears throat> this is awesome you have a great show by the way i just uh, i was going through some of your shit as well you're so you were saying such sweet things about mine and i, I was going through yours also and i love like the clips you make and your marketing is badass man you just have a really cool aesthetic and i just dig your vibe dude so oh, i really appreciate that thank you um, yeah yeah i just wanted to make sure i got that out before i forgot yeah the funny thing is is like i really started out um i wanted to do a conspiracy-based show and then uh guy that I work with showed me tinfoil hat and I was like damn it dude there's no way I can do a show that's better than his it's a comedian yeah. it's a freaking stand-up oh comedian that's famous I'm like, glad that that faulty thinking led you on the direction that you're on now because it's so fucking flawed and I could tear <laughs> it apart but go on so anyways um 
I listened to it for I don't know how long, and then I started listening. I wanted to know more about Q, so I started listening to uh, We the People Radio. Um. And uh, then I became, like, damn near best friends with the host of that show, and I told him how I always wanted to start a podcast since I like started getting into him and shit. And he was like, then fucking do it, dude, just do it. And I did. I started out with garbage, uh, equipment, you know, but, um, here we are now, like uh, over a year later. And now I feel comfortable. I used to get so nervous. I would throw up before, like, especially if I had like who I considered a decent guest, you know, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe this guy's coming on my show. I would, I would get bad. Like, it was like, How much fun is that? It is. It's a lot of fun, you know, because I used to do music and I would get pre-music stage uh, jitters, and it's the same damn feeling. And it was like, yeah. but once you get into it, it's like, oh yeah, this is awesome. I don't get yeah. those jitters anymore, but um, you've transmuted it. You know, you still get the excitement, but you've transmuted the anxiety to excitement, which they're imperceivable from one another. Really, it's just how you interpret it. As far as biochemically, they're basically the same. So what you've done, my friend, is you've become the alchemist, and you do this through time because you have confidence now, and confidence is just a series of successes. So you successfully are doing your craft the way that your vision wants, which changes all the time, by the way, so well done on keeping up with it. And you've done this in a way that now has yielded you this badass experience that you're having that you're comfortable in. So that's huge, man. You're an alchemist. You've transmitted the energy. Yeah, definitely I did. And drinking helps too. But before I quit drinking, I was like, you know what? This isn't the way, how I wanted my show to go. Because I started off doing a conspiracy-based uh subject very rarely i was reporting the news like i was reporting the opposite of whatever the news was reporting my show was just about debunking everything that they're saying and then talking about q and i'm like well we already have the we people radio we already have x22 i'm like that's not where my heart is i wanted to start a show to talk about all the shit i'm interested in i might not be subject matter uh, like expert and that's exactly why I want to do my show so that I could talk to the subject matter experts. And, yeah, and learn it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, how you learn. Yeah, I love that. That's so that's what my book. show has transitioned to, you know, and I enjoy the shit out of it. It's like one of my buddies was like, I, I don't understand how you can talk about that stuff. It must be like so draining on you. And I was like, no, it's such a release to yeah. have people to talk to about it that actually understand because most people that I talk to, well, I don't even try anymore. I keep it to myself. But um, yeah, no, it's it's why, why even bother? Why even bother? That's like somebody talking about the Kardashians to me. Right. Like they're going to get the same response out of me that I would get out of them if I talked about the shit that I talk about. <laughs> hundred percent. Now, I think this is by design. I think that we're all spread out on purpose because you're meant to grow where you're planted, right? And this is why your family is NPCs. This is why you're the black sheep. The black sheeps are the real souls or the real people inhabiting a body here to have the experience. Those around them that are not like them and don't see the same things. And this is not like in a, my way's right and your way's wrong. We're talking about the obvious building seven type shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if you, if you look at things that way, then the NPCs around you are just these other people. Of course, you're only there by yourself because you have to be. But the good news is, like you said, is we have this community and we have this collective and the spirit tribe, as I call it. And it's all of us fucking switching online and connecting together. But it took balls. Really, what it took is for you to get out there and put yourself out there to be a lighthouse for people like myself to find you and for our paths to cross. That's what it took. So there's a lot of people out there that feel the way that we do. And this is why, like you, I share your 
enthusiasm for encouraging people to start their own project, whether it be a podcast, write a book, whatever, just do something, you know, that's, that's mindful and something that you enjoy in your passion. And I, I like you because this is how you get to stand out. And this is kind of how you raise your hand. And this is where your flag goes up and you go, Hey, I'm in the game. You know, I'm participating. And this is when you start having these amazing experiences and these synchronicities. And now you're going to talk to fucking Tommy Chong, dude. Yeah, dude, you know that's I mean? amazing. Like, <laughs> right? How all this shit works out. It's the craziest goddamn thing. And I love your flexibility with it because you weren't rigid to an ideology thinking, oh, my show has to be this or that. Same thing with like what I was talking about, about my UFO authors and shit. And this shelf right here is full of books. All these people I've had on the show, they've sent me their book signed. I got a whole nother stack over here. Of just, I love books anyway. And so the, that's you amazing. Know, folks just, it, but it was started as just this UFO collection of books. And now it's expanded into this crazy, amazing thing. And like you, I am just so grateful for it. And so trusting of the process now, it's insane. And really, that's what you can say that you were building confidence in is trusting the process. Um, I have a question for you. Uh, go back. Um, you were talking about the difference between ayahuasca and ibogaine. And uh, was it ayahuasca? Yeah, ayahuasca. Um, mm -hmm. and so, uh, what is the difference between ayahuasca and peyote? Now, ayahuasca is DMT, right? It's just, right. uh, the natural form, correct? Right. With an MAO inhibitor that's turned off. So it's actually got two components to it. One that allows your body to accept it as a trip and doesn't just negate the psycho hallucinogenic aspect of it. And then the other, which is the DMT or the Syrian root or whatever, you know, they're using. It just depends kind of on what the, you know, Curandero wants to use in his brew. But generally it's something like from the acacia and the, or the Syrian root. And then you have acacia and then you have, I believe the acacia bush is what the iboga is made of, of, or comprised of in Africa. This is what they think Moses saw, by the way, burning was as the Nicacia bush, which tripped him out, which made him think that he saw God and all that. So. That is so funny. The oh, area that it, bro, the area that it you want to hear something, that grows. you yeah. want to hear something very, very funny. This Fuck must yeah. have been 10 years ago. Um, so my daughter, she's 17 years old. I took, uh, mushrooms when she was an infant still. So I had this conversation. It must've been 10 years ago with my mom, who is a hardcore Jehovah's witness. Another time for another show. My listeners are tired of hearing about it <laughs> anyways, but it is hilarious that you say that because she was talking to me about Moses and the burning bush one time. And I was like, mom, I fucking took mushrooms before too. <laughs> 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 exactly it's a psychedelic experience yeah. <laughs> and you should have like micah dank on do you know who that is no no okay, you're so like you you're, you're name dropping all these people yeah. so i'm telling you I, i'm just well, it's all for a reason i'm just slipping into your world like i said man it's like it's been i i just started taking my foot off of the gas on the politics and I'm easing back into the things that are interesting me more. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, you know, I hate to say it, like anybody listening, you know, I did just do the Q show and I have high hopes that, you know, like everything they say is legit and that's happening, but I am still on the fence about it. And the way that I really look at it is the, you know, your favorite team might be winning right now, but at the end of the gate, at the end of the day, it's just a fucking game <laughs> my man i i have a whole position on this dude and i could not agree with you more um i feel that all the politics stuff everything to do with it it's all just a huge trap for your energy and your attention 
it's meant to be crazy and spastic and psychotic and and convoluted and and crazy and fear fear ridden because it just wants your energy. So if you even and it's almost that, impossible to avoid it though because it does affect your everyday life. Like it, you there's it no denying it. the fact that when you go to the gas station right now, it's fucking you two ways to Sunday. So there's there's a way to look at that, and there's this way to look at it. One of the, one of the things that I approach with this in life is if things change like this in my reality, it's not oh this is happening to me. Every single thing in my world is happening for me all the time. So I look for not only the positive but also the lesson, the opportunity for growth, right? And so that's the way that I interact and interface with my world. So when you see something like that at the pump and it's really taking a physical effect on you, what that perhaps is is an opportunity for you to be squeezed out of the current position you're in to seek new employment or to out of desperation start writing that book which then leads you on that road or again out of desperation start that podcast because you just need a way out and then it actually leads you on this crazy road so again it could be a deterrent in one level another would be is that yes where this physical energy called money goes in one direction the same it can be attracted so really one of the things about manifestation and money in general is is it's an energy it's a flow that's why they call it current C. Yes. The current in a C, right? Yes, like yes. Jordan Maxwell. Rest in peace. And so uh, with this understanding then, what you can say is, is that the more money that leaves you, you can expect with intention, just like walking through portals or your doors or whatever, thinking I'm on my highest timeline now, I'm on my highest timeline. Not, oh my God, I'm getting fucked at the pump. Now you can say, good, I have now made room in my, in my life for more abundance to come in from an unknown source and not be picky about where it comes from. Now, again, also, there are going to be things that you do that motivate you to take action. And there are two kinds of people in this place, people that escape their reality on their free time and people that create a new one. You, my friend, created a new one. And you are part of this small majority of people that are actionable. So you can live a very repetitive, sheeple life if you want and think that you're getting fucked over constantly. And if you think that, you know what, you're absolutely right. But if you start to see things a little bit differently and just adjust your paradigm just a half a cunt hair, you will really see that this place is fucking magical and that you have a lot more power and that all of the things that that are out there to trigger you when they don't anymore and it just simply means that you don't have a negative fearful feeling about it because that's all it wants from you that's why there are dramatic things that occur in reality because they want to get a rise out of you but if you just stop participating in it it no longer affects you i'm telling you it no longer affects you you got to tend the garden that you've got and we are going to clip that part to promote. <laughs> no, that was amazing. No, I, I was, I was over exaggerating. No, I was just, I was just fucking dude. I, I like to play around a lot. Don't, don't it. mind me. Don't mind me. I no, like to play around. Uh, no, but seriously, actually when I'm editing this, I'm going to be like, why the fuck was I waving right there? And I'm going to stop and listen. I'm going to be like, Oh, I'm clipping this. <laughs> So it, 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 it's just it served its purpose. You know, and even Gordon White, I mean, if, whether you believe magic's out there or not, they're using black magic on you constantly in the world of symbolism. There's tons of resources out here. Again, shout out Jordan Maxwell, Santos Bonacci, uh, amazing woman uh, named Karen McDonald, who I recently had on the show. You've got to get her on. I'll get you her email in a minute. <laughs> Love this. Uh, and uh, just incredible knowledge of these people that know this kind of stuff. But so the symbolism is out there everywhere and it's all around you. And so magic is being used on you rather 
whether you believe in it or not, they, they believe in it and they're using the shit out of it on you. Now, the biggest trick to this magic is your attention. All it wants is your attention. And the more upset you get at whatever you're seeing from either position, if red's arguing with blue, great. They're arguing. They're giving us attention. It, you know, there's this old parable about the two wolves, right? One named fear and one named love. And the grandfather, you know, answered the grandson when he asked, you know, which one grows. The grandfather answered whichever one you feed. So if you're feeding fear in your reality, rather that's whatever you're seeing on news, whatever you're hearing on podcasts, whatever you think is happening in your reality, your pump, your job, your whatever, then that is what your reality is going to be consumed with. You can guarantee it because it's where your focus is. And again, that reticular Even in the truther world, right? Even in the truther world. Even in all of it, man. So Charlie Robinson calls us uh, conspiracy analysts, which I absolutely love. I no longer consider myself a conspiracy theorist. I, I Paul revered for a couple of decades, man, and, and it was so toxic for me. It didn't work now. it facilitates. It's a very necessary part of this because it facilitates a need because at that level, you need to be that intense and that upset about it to pull people out and to wake them up of the third D if you want to visualize it that way into a greater awakening. So you need to be that jarring to wake people up. That's the only thing that will snap them out of that if they're wanting to switch on in the beginning. So what do you but call getting it? frustrated about it is where I, where I abandon the idea. I still talk about it. I'll absolutely tell you all kinds of shit. I'm a lighthouse, but I'm not out there screaming it. I'm just people. saying, instead of, instead of the term conspiracy theorist, what do you use now? Oh, conspiracy analyst. analyst. So I'll take okay. a look at it, but it's not going to affect me. It's not going to – anything external does not affect my disposition. It just doesn't. I've taken that stance, and this is where you maintain true balance and harmony in this place, whereby not getting negatively affected, especially over, number one, shit that you can't control, and number two, shit that you don't even know is really going on. Yeah, I was just laughing because your term is like so much precise and to the point and like can't be misconstrued at all. I don't I don't like to say conspiracy theorist anymore either, but I adapted to the term conspiracy junkie and I like that. I'm yeah. a weirdo. So like I'm just a conspiracy junkie. Like I don't get I don't care if it's the Loch Ness monster or if it's the moon landing was faked. Like yeah, I don't care what it is. I'm a junkie for it all. Like I want to look into it. Like come and talk to me about it. Yeah, conspiracy <laughs> Conspiracy enthusiast. You know, you could you could be all sorts of different nomenclatures, but the theorist part of it, you know, again, there's there's magic and spelling and all that kind of shit and all of it. But what that says to me is that you're very committed to the idea and it, there's a lot of fear wrapped up in the messaging because there's a lot of fear in the stuff that you talk about. And it's very scary shit. The point that I'm at now and I feel that I have an understanding of is that I've just not gotten better than I've just looked at it differently for because I did that for so long and said, you know, I, when I really started working on me and going within, which is where I found all of the answers, all, all of the useful ones anyway, then I realized that all the shit out there is just vying for my attention and that the less that I gave it, the more my cup overflow it. Yes. And then when I started tending my garden, the better of service I could be to those around me and those that needed me to be my most me because I wasn't distracted. I wasn't being pulled away. My energy wasn't being sucked into some trap that again just wants your energy there's a wonderful quote and i'll stop my rant on this by a guy named gordon white and he says your 
your reaction to the crisis is part of the crisis. So they need both things to be there. They need to put obvious Easter eggs out for people like you and myself and all of us in the amazing alternative community, which I cannot be more proud to be a part of. And then also they need an, an 80% of people just to buy into what they're saying. Again, which probably are NPCs or not real people. So if you think that all the people that buy into this, if you even look at it for half a second, then you say, oh, so it's just a program being pushed by a narrative. And so then you say, okay, well, if I don't participate in that, it'll go away. And then you just stop participating in it and I'll be good goddamned, it goes away. They scare you constantly. It's a haunted house, man. They can't really do anything to you. They don't have the power. They whisper in your ear. They influence. But they don't have the creative power. We do. They know this. It's a school. Yes. So I don't know. I used that football analogy the other day when I had it on uh, James from We The People Radio and Texas QD. Uh, huge Q guys. I totally go to them for the Q drops and everything. But like, so let's backtrack a little bit. Like paying attention to the Q stuff. I was obsessed with it. Uh, paying attention to what Donald Trump was doing. Like how is it coinciding with Q drops? Uh, I was driving myself fucking crazy. And then the election happened and fucking we all know what happened there. And then I... Uh, was just totally nonstop paying attention to politics and what was going on. And I'm on the right side. In my mind, I'm on the right side of truth and history and everything, you know, um, in what I'm doing in this fight and everything. But it was completely fucking draining me to the point where I started drinking a big-ass bottle of vodka every single fucking day. And then I had on um, the Occult Rejects. And this was shortly after the whole... Um, the, um, oh my gosh, uh, the, uh, guides, the Georgia Guidestones got taken down and, you know, I posted a bunch of things celebrating it. And I was even on a different podcast, uh, breaking down what the Georgia Guidestones are, what the, uh, conspiracy is behind it all. You know, I was just excited about it. Yeah. And, um, when I had them on, they were like, you participated in the ritual. And I was like, no, man, somebody fucking went out there and was like, fuck your new world order. And he was like, well, how do you know it wasn't the people that built it? And, and they're just feeding off of your energy. And I was like, holy shit, dude, holy shit. And, you know, and ever since then, I, I like, I started, I, I won't say I quit drinking the next day, like, but I started questioning things and like, why, why am I so obsessed with this? Like, I can't change it. Like, I feel like I'm doing this podcast because I'm like, oh, I'm getting the word out there. I'm going to make a change. Like, no, nah, it's cool to talk about and get the word out there. But there are people out there that are out there every day pushing and fighting and doing that. I respect the shit out of them. Some of them are my best friends and yep. they have a great show. Go listen to them for that. Like, absolutely. Could not agree more. And uh, what I would say to that then is, and this is, you know, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, and I'm I'm not trying to be ugly, but it's something for perspective. Out of all the time that you were doing all of that research, if you would have added up at least half of that time, you know, what could you and your daughter have experienced as far as like a road trip goes, or as far as a coloring book achievement goes, or putting a puzzle together, or starting a garden and being better at gardening, you know, and learning how to not kill everything, right? So it's it's one of these things to where it's a trade-off, right? And so you only get so much time and where attention goes, energy flows. And this is why, you know, my motto is tend the garden that you've got. And by the garden, it's not literally garden outside, but I recommend that if you'd like to. Yeah. Uh, It's your disposition. It's your constitution. It's your thought ninja. It's your spirals. It's not being negatively affected by things that you have no control over that may or may not be true that are coming at you. It's things like that and really reprioritizing and balancing your life out to where you really do tend to the garden that you do have control of, which is your experience with your 
your daughter, the memories that you're making with her right now, the way that your show works and operates, the business savvy you have with it. You know, what are your next steps and your six goals that you're working on constantly, your six month goals that are six of them that you're doing all the time? You know, this is where your attention goes. That's what grows. So if you're feeding that fear, then you get sucked into it. And it's a black hole that they have facilitated for you just to dump your fucking energy and loose and love into. And it just distracts you and pulls away the real you. You know, one of the metaphors that I like to use as well is that if you think of it on a large scale, you know, macro, uh, micro here, then, you know, everybody's focused on these big elections and how pissed off they are that they don't affect change, right? Just like everyone's outside looking at things out there that piss them off that they don't have any control over. But 70% of local elections go uncontested. And that is where actual change happens in your community. Now, if one were to make the draw or the comparison between the two ideas that I've just discussed here, then you could say that what you put out there on a large scale that you have no fucking control over that you know is absolute bullshit and being pissed off about it is the real trap and you fell for it. Now, another thing to say to that would be that if you're tending your garden, you're making more memories with your daughter rather than getting upset over what somebody said about Q online or Trump online, just as an example, then what you're doing then is you're facilitating that experience. That's what grows in your life. And then you then if you want to really participate in politics, go run for city council. 70% of them bitches go uncontested. And then you can make real change for your family in the community in which you live. You could set up a community garden rather than some park or some dump. You could do things that actually change your life. And you do this on a local level, just like you do it with you on an inside level. Again, Thought Ninja, very important. Uh, yeah, I, I will say that uh, you are correct. And, and yeah, maybe that many do go uncontested. Um, and I'm not mad that, you know, the the whole system's been rigged since before I was even born. Like, that's not yeah. what I'm mad about. What I'm mad about is I see us marching into the New World Order and everything that freaking they were talking about and Behold a Pale Horse in 1981 and all these things that I've been on my pedestal. Exactly, bro. Like, I see us marching straight to it, and I'm like, yo, what can I do? Like, and that's why I was doing my politics show, but... Uh, and that's why I was head 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 over heels involved in it. And fuck, there was something else that I wanted to say. You you had an altruistic motive. So I just want to be very clear that it's not that I'm talking shit about the choices you made. Because again, I, I said it straight out the gate. I, I was one of these. I was a Paul Revere. I dedicated so much time and energy to this thing. And it made me so unhappy yes. that that's where yes, I really yes, got yes. this idea from. And so I, I love that you did that. Because again, I think what we're here to is to navigate duality. And what you found yourself was in the extreme of something and what you found in the extreme of something one way or another you find it very unsettling and so you balance out naturally right and so you've actually navigated this through your intuition the proper way you had to go that far so that you knew it was too far you have to do that well i mean that's just who i am naturally as a person everything is in excess but you're I've a real soul always yeah. been that way it's like i have to take everything as far as i freaking can and, and you know like my mom always said like you're amazing at so many things none of which you stick with long enough to generate income <laughs> well that's an interesting metric metric uh, to measure success by if that is the metric then perhaps but what i would say is is that you're a very well-rounded individual that's had a lot of different experiences and that can bring a lot to a conversation about many different facilities so hey man I, we're I, supposed I, to be talking about you here <laughs> we're talking about all of it we're, we're just having a chat just a conversation i'm not into the interview thing i'll talk about myself enough i guess yeah i get you we can though if you have any specific questions i want to make sure i cover everything that you'd like though no, we're just oh, talking. oh i did i you didn't answer my 
question about the because uh, peyote is like that's like a uh, week long thing or something, right? So like the um, I don't I don't know how long all all three of them. I wouldn't be able to tell you how long they last. I know that when Amanda was on, she had talked about ibogaine and said how long it lasts, but I don't recall at the moment. And then. I just know this from watching the movie Young Guns because I was obsessed with that movie and there's a scene where Love they it. take peyote. <laughs> and I was, the spirit world, dumbass. Yeah, and I asked my mom about it and she was like, it's peyote. And I was like, what is it? And she was like, it makes you weird for like a week. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I, I don't think that's necessarily biochemically accurate. I would say that perhaps a good amount of time, perhaps like 10 to 16 hours. I mean, I've, I took three. Oh, it's okay, so it's not like, a f- well, that's still pretty fruct- that. That's still pretty it's damn a good long. Trip. Yeah. It's a good trip. I've had a lot of my acid trips were about that long because I used to candy flip a lot. I, that's why I preferred oh. a way to do it. I would take like a 10 strip of acid and like three tabs and just go out into the woods for about three days. And it was an incredible experience, but I really liked pushing my limits with that. So heroic doses was what I was all about. The first time I ever took mushrooms, I knew nothing about mushrooms. I lived in Hunts, Vegas, Texas. This was right after I fucking moved out of my parents' house. It was two days after graduation. I walked out. I had no car, had two bags of whatever I could stuff in them and that guitar back there and walked out and so i'd been on my own so i'd been in i've been in survival mode for 22 years so did you have any money in your pocket Mm -mm, nothing i had nothing you just fucking this is this is it i'm entering the world like this is it and this was right after six months before that i had my first psychedelic experience on two hits of acid had the worst trip i've ever had in my life oh still very valuable not fun at the time but i learned a lot i'm grateful for it also got handed the book called conversations with god by neil donald walsh so i was introduced to spirituality an alternative to religion which i was grown up in and i was already very against i you know say all the time um that he's the reason i'm not an atheist because that's also where I got introduced to the unity consciousness idea. And then right before that, I got introduced to conspiracies and questioning authority. You know, at my age, I was 18 when all this went down. And then, you know, two days after graduation, I moved out of my house. So these four major events, uh, these uh, introduction into questioning my reality, unity consciousness with an alternative to religion and an introduction into spirituality with that book, who I had Neil Donald Walsh on the show, by the way, huge honor. And um, then uh, my psychedelic experience and then moving out of my house and just being, you know, free. 18 just out on foot uh that was a huge turning point for my life that was one of my major awakenings was that small little window of time about a year year and a half max that that all took place in so with why the fuck were we talking about this to begin with i don't know but it's super interesting like i'm so fascinated that you just totally just said fuck it i don't have any money in my pocket It was a very toxic situation. Without going too far into detail, it was a very abusive household on the part of my my parents. Whenever we moved, my one of my parents flipped out and couldn't handle it, and we moved uh, halfway through or going into my junior year. So I was only in Houston for two years. And when the move occurred, it was a very big traumatic experience for one of my parents, and they took it out on us in a pretty traumatic way. Now I'm sorry. I had two younger brothers. That's okay, man. It again facilitates an experience. We've long since healed, forgiven, and I'm grateful for the experience. I mean. I'm, I'm telling you, really grateful. And uh, they're wonderful. They're coming up this weekend. I love my parents. So um, we, you know, basically, again, just to point out real quick, we facilitated each other's karma. Okay. And so uh, whenever uh, that happened, damn it, I did it again. Motherfucking Mercury in retrograde, dude. I swear to God. I was okay, going to say, so I did not see I left, you hit the bong. 
No, 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 no. I'm, I'm good. I don't do these high. Uh, I, I just, it's mercury retrograde. I've just got some clunky fog. Plus, again, my allergies from mowing. I know it sounds weird, but that's, that's really, it does affect you cognitively. So, uh, as, so with that environment, it got, it manifested physically and it started with me. And so to make sure that it stayed with me, I acted out a lot more than I would have to keep the attention on me so that my brothers wouldn't experience that. I that's see. really what it was about. So it was manifesting either way, but that really drew a pretty big wedge in front of me and my brothers because, you know, they they didn't understand what was going on. They were too young. Uh, my parents and I, we really had some serious issues. Then the other parent jumped in on it too. So it was this really kind of shit time, dude. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, and that was it. It was my breaking point and something happened that night and that was it. I was just uh, done being it. And so yeah. I just threw two bags full of whatever I could in my guitar and walked out. Didn't but even but in the meantime, you, but in the meantime, you protected your siblings and you gave your parents something to bond over. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And you know what, if that, if that works out, that works out. Cause it turns out I did, I just didn't mind it. I, uh, you know, would have rather it, uh, been on me than them. So that's, that's what I got. And so I manifested what I really wanted. And so, you know, but it bonded all of them together really well. Cause they had basically like a common enemy. I mean, the entire family. Right. And so, uh, you know, again, it facilitated a need and them being that part of my life, I'm extremely grateful for it, man. I grew so fucking much. Of course, at the time it sucked ass. Yeah. But uh, completely forgiven now. And we, okay. uh, again, are wonderful. We have a wonderful relationship. And I'm grateful for the experience. My life would not be the same without it. That's great. That's awesome, man. So um, you, uh, you talked about uh, UFOs and your interest in aliens. I'm curious, when did that start? Like, because for me... I was, uh, shit, man. It was right after I watched the movie Fire in, in the Sky. And oh, I was yeah, the Travis Walton not thing. only obsessed, but so frightened to the point where I would piss my parents off when it was time to go to sleep. <laughs> they're like, they're not real. Like, uh, or yeah. taking, taking out the trash. <clears throat> if it was dark and my parents are like, Brad, please take out the garbage. I'm like, oh, hell no. I'm not going out there. It's dark outside. <laughs> There's aliens out there. Get fucked. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah. So my fascination with that happened about the same time as I did some psychedelics. I, you know, got introduced to Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell and uh, just fell in love with the subject matter. And it was just a whole different world. And I didn't look at it as fiction, you know, because I could even back then, you know, entertain these things as as real and make them real, like reading a book. Like I've been into books forever. And so I've been used to being able to put myself into this imaginatory state and really live it as if it's really happening. And so when these people were coming out talking about these real things that people experience and trace evidence and, you know, all this kind of crazy shit, I was just like, maybe there's something to this. So I just fell in love with the concept and really what it was was that was my gateway into expanding my reality into really questioning the the woo-woo nature of this place and to see it as more magic than it was being presented from any authority figure that I had so uh that was really what it was coast to coast am uh kicked it all off for me probably when with was guys that like Michael Cremo and forbidden archaeologist and all that stuff do what when was that when? yeah uh, I'd say probably 2002, 2003, something like that. So about 20 years. Okay. Like mm -hmm. So you've been, you've been, I've been researching this phenomena, the phenomena and uh, conspiracies and spirituality and all that stuff for about 20 years, psychedelics as well, because those are the four like huge things, you know, that I was very, very interested in that really changed my life. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. I, that was uh, the first books that I actually started reading that weren't assigned to me in school it was yeah. uh books about aliens i remember this one book in particular it really I, it might have been um encounters of the fourth kind because when i watched that movie i was like oh my god this is exactly like that book i read when i was in junior high um but uh 
Shiza, where was I going with that? Come on, Brad. My brain's not working right now. Here we go. And I said my real name on air. I never do that. Uh. <laughs> this is a safe place. You're all good. Um, oh, that's where I was going to ask you. That is right. Okay, so um, I... I can't constantly be consuming um, conspiracy shit and, uh, you know, all the time. So I have my fun shit that I listen to. So I listen to Steve-O's Wild Ride is one of my favorite podcasts when I don't want to listen to some crazy shit. However, now and then it'll have, like, somebody crazy on. And he had Freemason, um, CIA or FBI agent, a former band member of Blink-182, Mark uh Hobbs Hops or whatever on uh-huh. or Tom uh Tom DeLong, Tom DeLong on his show yeah, yeah. from the uh, to the stars academy yeah. yeah and so I'm gonna bring this up again because I brought this up earlier with you and like I said I've always like after after I stopped believing in space as being planets and shit like that and the aliens came from like a place from outer space he just so happened to kind of verify that with me. He he kind of said that they're interdimensional beings and things that have always been here. So right there, I'm like, that kind of proves stuff that I've read in the book of Enoch. And it also kind of proves some uh, things that people say about the hollow earth theory. I'm curious where you land. Do you think, uh, because you mentioned that both realities could possibly be existing at the same time where there are planets from outer space. Uh, do you think that like the greys are beings from another planet or do you think that they're, uh, how I feel, uh, have been here forever? I think they're, um, uh, employees of the system. I think they're part of this experience. I think that they, uh, again, just facilitate an experience. So, Whenever you look at things like the shape of the earth and all of this. So uh, let me uh, talk about, come back to this. And I'm grateful that you brought it back up because I was wanting to. Earlier when we were talking about Taylor Elena, a good friend of mine, uh, we were talking about the different perceptions of reality and then kind of the different ways that you view things. I'll do a quick example of this really quick. And this also ties into conspiracy theories. So I heard a guy uh, one time talk about these levels of dimensions like 3rd D, 4th D, 5th D, okay? Now, none of it's better than, okay? I really want to point that out, that we just say things like 3, 4, and 5 as spatial dimensions so that we have some sort of bearing of understanding here for the description, okay? So nothing's bad or worse or whatever. So uh, if you look at things from a third dimension perspective, you live on a spherical planet, um, your daddy government, everything that they say is absolutely correct. The Kardashians are hilarious in your favorite show. You believe in any conspiracy theory or no no conspiracy theories whatsoever you believe in the official narrative and then one of the examples you know just to be specific with it is uh chemtrails or geoengineering whenever someone in the fourth dimension perhaps somebody awake and somebody looking around at their world looks at something like a chemtrail and they look at someone in the third dimension that perspective that again believes everything that they're told that the government says the official you know uh, narrative Uh, yeah representatives for the matrix then what they're going to say is uh no that's the government said that it was uh, contrails and that that's not true at all and so there's dissonance there right but also it's from their perspective they can't see them as anything other than the official story now when you get to fourth dimension then you look at it and you everything's scary this is where paul revere and conspiracy theorists exist everything's scary you can absolutely see the truth for what it is and you're trying your damnedest to wake everyone up but it's in a lot of fear yes 
Now, you could still see chemtrails and you're very scared about it, and you're also scared that nobody is waking up from it and that it's doing harm. Now, from the fifth dimension perspective, you not only see all of those, but you empathize with all of them because you've been through them. You've now elevated your consciousness to a point to where you can see that they are chemtrails and that the government is doing some fuckery, but it doesn't negatively affect you because you refuse to let things outside of yourself negatively impact your life. You do what you can do, which is you do you boo. You yes. fucking tend the garden. So from this perspective if we look at it from these different elevated levels of consciousness and again it's just spatial not hierarchical from a 2d perspective you're very very tapped into the system you see this as a flat earth but you see it as a dome with the shitty uh, flat earth society thing to where like the water falling off the edge and all the planets around and the one that they make fun of flat earth that's the flat earth that you see then right. you get to the 3D perspective, which you see chemtrails as just contrails. You believe in daddy government. You do live on a ball because that's what you've been told. And so that's the reality in which you accept and that there, you're in space and there's a bunch of things out there. And so then aliens can be out there, but they come from other planets, nuts and bolts. So when you graduate to like a fourth D perspective, then you start to reintroduce to the idea of the flat earth. But then perhaps you look at things like this. This is a book called Terra Infinita. Have you ever heard of this? Have we talked about this? No, we haven't talked about it. You would fucking love this there's two books in the series one is the navigator that went beyond the ice wall and then this one's called terra infinita and basically what this denotes is my favorite conversation about flat earth which is that it's more like a realm okay so yes. when you're in the fourth dimension and fifth dimension higher perspectives you don't necessarily need to see this place as number one stable and number two that it's a specific thing that you've been told or that's been offered to you in this reality by an authoritative source what this basically states is that, yes, it's a flat plane, but it's an infinite plane with all of these other worlds yes. on it. Now, to call back to what you said earlier, one of my favorite things before I found this book, by the way. Who wrote that? I was looking. Uh, it's a guy named Nos Confidun uh, on uh, Facebook there. And it's an awesome, it's a small little book, but it goes through here and it tells you about all the different lands, all the different races, the lands of Jupiter. It tells you about, and all of these are accessible by different, you know, energetic beings. And what's really cool about this is you have Cassiopeia and Pegasus. They're just physical places in this reality that on an expansive plane that you have access to. So it's what we were talking about. <coughs> excuse me, about uh, aliens and shit, is, is that this is one proposition that I have for aliens, is that, that they're coming from extraterrestrial, extra land, uh, right? It doesn't necessarily mean another goddamn planet. It still fits into the flat Extra terrain, model. yes. Extra terrain, yeah, extra land. So now, if there was a big ruse here, right, perpetrated by everyone that's here, then it must be for a reason. Now, if that reason's control, they're doing a pretty shit job at it because we only have the illusion of that we're, in con we're being controlled and ruled. We're really not. Right. The second everybody stands up, it changes. Now, how everyone does this is tend your own garden. That's how you do it. Just pull your participation in the nonsense. It stops. So... If you look at it from this perspective, then maybe Earth is like a school and everyone in Terra Infinita, everyone in these lands knows that they can't spool the beans to us. They can't spill the beans. They can't say, oh, we're just over here. Now, another thing is, is maybe it's some sort of psyop for any alien species that comes here. Maybe they're, we're, they're told that we're disease-carrying monkeys that can come over and invade their lands because look what we do to our own people. So they come here, the extraterrestrials, greys, Pleiadians, whatever you get in contact with, they come here and tell you that they're from from a star system super far away that's right there, but it's so far and we don't have the technology that you can never get there. I would want to say that if, number one, time travel was real and I didn't want dumb fucking 
horrific monkeys going around doing what they do to their <laughs> own place, doing what they do to time. Another would be that we just live over an ice wall over there, which kind of then brings Antarctica into the question. And I know you've talked about this at Antarctica, you know, the Antarctic Treaty is the only goddamn thing that the whole world can agree on. They'll threaten to lob nukes at each other and blow up their gas pipelines and shit and starve their people. But well, you can't go to Antarctica. I don't know if there's any truth to this or not, but a rumor has it that Vladimir Putin just I pulled out. It. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, it'd be cool. I mean, it'd be very cool. Now there, 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 that's a whole nother conversation in itself that has to do with our spiritual awakening. And so maybe now us getting the keys to that land and maybe even being open up to this possibility, uh, would be part of facilitating the experience of elevation of consciousness. So who knows, you know, or it could be another goddamn distraction, but this is a lot of fun. And this is something that I've thought about for a really long time. So to answer your question, it depends what aliens are, depends on the way that you view reality. And that just depends on your vibrational state, what you're in alignment with, what you're willing to comprehend. So I love the interdimensional thing. I threw another email in the chat for you. It's a guy named Paul Askoff. He uh, goes under flying disc press. He wrote a book called UFOs, the real story. And he's fucking amazing. Uh, Definitely get him on. He's a UK guy. Uh, he is the interdimensional uh, phenomena guy. I've had him on the show. Absolutely amazing. So you'll love him. Tell him I said hi. Amazing, dude. Thank you for he's the great guest list that I oh, had, had no yeah, anticipation oh, on accumulating tonight. <laughs> mm. I, I really appreciate it. That's no, I can totally, I can totally vibe with that, yo. Because, and I need to stop saying, yo. I haven't watched that movie um, Half Baked in so long. I, okay. I just, I great, just, man. you know, what's funny is I just uh, pulled some clips off of it. Uh, for a video that I recently just released, I ended up not using the clip, but man, Scarface's character, I, I just got back into it again. I'm like, yo, yo, like after everything, after, after watching that to pull some clips, I love that freaking character. Yes. Cuban B. <laughs> yes. That is the best. One of the best jokes ever written ever. Yo, I'm Cuban B. Yo, I'm Cuban B. Yes. Cuban B. <laughs> Oh shit! Your titties hanging out, yo. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so but I can totally get on board with what you were just saying because yes, when I was younger in my high school years and everything, like my reality was aliens were from outer space and they were freaking outside my house every single night and in my room every once in a while. But that was absolutely my reality was those things. Uh, that I believed in the Travis Walton story and all of that shit came from a different planet. Now with, I, I guess you would say in my new awakening, which I've had like six or seven throughout my life where my reality is totally just expanded into something completely different. Um, but I would say that my perception of what they are totally still fits with the Travis Walton story. Yeah, and uh, it depends on... Now, what's more fascinating to me is the contact experiences themselves. Now, I'm not an experiencer consciously. We've probably all been abducted. Some people are allowed to remember it, some are not. Again, it's facilitating an experience. I think that I'm meant to remain objective, so not one particular species will let me see them because it might skew the way that I view the phenomena, which I'm open to it. Now, if you if you really look at this thing and you talk to contactees, which I've talked to a ton of. Number one, it seems like a vast consensus that they don't take your physical body, they take your astral body, which is fascinating. That's why you're able to phase through walls and shit. Another thing would be that it's it seems that once you're, this is just one of the observations I've had. Now, it's not ubiquitous because there are some extreme cases that don't fit into this category, but more than not, I have noticed from the people I've talked to and the cases I've studied that if you are contacted by a being, number one, it's a 
the rule, not the exception, that it's a family thing. Everyone in your family lineage, it is a bloodline thing. Now, also, what it, what it, what I've noticed is, is that if you get contacted by the Pleiadians, then you see the Pleiadians a whole goddamn time. Even though you know there's this huge book, uh, the Extraterrestrial Species Almanac, which I'm doing as an expansive insider series. We're going over every single species, which is going to be a lot of fun. I've got a friend of mine, Ashley Rose, joining me for that. That sounds anyway, amazing. Uh, Can I stop you again? I know I keep interrupting you, but you keep saying so many interesting things and I have questions and if yeah. I don't if I don't get it out I'm going to forget. So you you said that they take our consciousness not necessarily our physical being. So is is there is there not um, reported cases where children have been abducted and never been seen or heard from again or is that just Hollywood shit? So there are exceptions. Now, to be fair, contact reports, there's a difference between contact and abduction. Abduction is you are taken, and it's not by your free will. Contact is, it's by your free will. Uh, I'll add to this, though, that maybe you're convinced that you thought it was a good idea because they can't apprehend your consciousness and affect the way that you view reality. They even affect the way they appear to you, which brings me back to why I started this rant in the first place. Your beliefs determine the outcome of the experience. So if some people believe them to be demons and angels, then they do appear that way. If you believe in demons and angels, some people believe them to be grays and that's what they're contacted with. And so that's what manifests in front of them. They've also done things with children who didn't get abducted, never seen forever, which I'll come back to. But those children who are contact cases rather than abduction cases, one might say, I've got a really good friend of mine, Pam Nance, and she talked about an experience she had when she was a child and they appeared as teddy bears to her as little monkeys. Oh, wow. Which then under hypnotic regression showed to be gray aliens. So... But again, you're usually contacted by one particular species the entire time. But it also fits within your paradigm of what you're able to accept. And again, it's for a, for a larger reason and sometimes for a bloodline one. It, it just seems to be, again, just in my observation, I'm just kind of feeling this out in the dark here. No, but whenever good. you look at something like the contact experience, because it is so fucking subjective and also, bless you, also how it ties into the near-death experience, the psychedelic experience, these are ways of tapping into a world that's around here. You know, and one could argue that this is actually the uh, altered state because you can access this place that seems to be everywhere and nowhere all at once do through a few different modalities. You don't need one DMT trip to go to this specific thing, you seem to access this in a myriad of extraordinary ways, but they are accessible. And so this tells me that the phenomena is connected in a way as well, like poltergeist, UFOs, Bigfoot, it's all the same goddamn thing. So which then at a deep level you could say is all your consciousness it's all you it's all psychosemantic you manifest this in front of you because if the you know experience can be determined by your beliefs then perhaps what you did was manifested just like we talked about with your uh, your YouTube book uh episode where it got pulled you already knew it was going to get pulled same thing in the um matrix whenever neo goes to see the oracle and she says don't worry about the vase and he turns around and breaks it and she's like well what's really going to bake your noodle is would you have broken it if i wouldn't have said anything right so when you get to this point of that you are the creator of your reality and what you want to experience is there then you start viewing other people's experiences through this lens as well then it will kind of make more sense it's made more sense for me personally anyhow that this is what the variety in experiences and tales to me and that why there's consistent themes but no real consistency and so again i think that this is a very subjective place which makes me think again that consensus reality is probably not true and that this is all just whatever the fuck you want it to be which is why we're all correct like everything is right 
It's okay. Even the opposing or dichotomy ideas, because this is the way duality exists. Both have to be here for the experience to be ran through, for the simulation to take place. So they have to be able to exist in the same place at the same time. This is, again, why I think that you can be on a ball, you can be on a flat earth, you can be on a realm, you can be in a cell, you can be whatever you want, whatever that is, that, again, you know, translates into the way that you interface with this life, which is your life. So this is your ride, and it gets tailored how you want it to. It's all wild, man. Totally agreed. Mm-hmm. But no matter what it is, it's still a realm, no matter what. <laughs> it yeah. has to be. Yeah, I mean, you could be a brain in a vat somewhere. You could be just, you know, a, an avatar, a game. You know, we don't we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. But from your perspective, which is all that matters, right, then uh, this is a very real experience, and you have an opportunity to do some really dope shit here. So take yourself up on that. Agreed. I definitely agreed. I think that's a great place to end it. We usually only go an hour and a half, but you are so fucking awesome like i i could talk to you forever i could seriously have you here all fucking night bro like so um, anytime you want yeah i would love to have you back on the show and once again man thank you for the amazing oh before i let you go should we see if um if uh, we got any word back see if See if John Paul wrote back. And uh, then I'll say to what you said, and I'm grateful for your kind words, uh, that it takes a true, truly amazing host because this is a dance. And so we've just been dancing here, but you gave me the freedom to be myself, which is very amazing. And so I'm grateful for the opportunity you gave me to be myself. And so thank you. Oh, man, I really appreciate that. That means a lot, especially coming from you, because, you know, like I I don't I don't fanboy out. I kind of told Amanda Ray, like, I'm not going to fanboy out. But, you know, like um, I definitely have like people and shows that uh, I I respect and admire. And you are one of those people and you have one of those shows. And so it's it's definitely an honor and a privilege to have you come on White Rabbit. And um, yeah, so uh, guys, um. It was an amazing show. Let me know what you thought in the comments. And um, if you're listening to this right now, it is because you know that uh, we have been taking down off of YouTube. I'm not going to go back there again. I'm done playing their game. So, guys, please go check out the Patriot Podcast Network. If you have a Roku device, it's absolutely free. We don't give your data any anybody. Everybody always says, you know, if, if it's free, then you're the, the consumer. No, we just want a place to put out the truth and not get silenced so that is where we are for now um please go check that out download the patriot podcast network you're going to get all kinds of different views on all kinds of different shit it's just people searching for the truth like i am here so brandon you came you crushed man why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and uh, anything else that you want to plug brother the uh, the floor is yours Again, extremely grateful, man, for this. And yeah, I'll do this anytime. You just call me and we'll we'll set it up. There'd be a lot of fun. And I'll get you over on the on my show as well. There'd be a blast. We'd love to. Uh, so you can find me at expandingrealitypodcast.com. It's easy. It's that. I'll send you one link to link in the show notes, man. That's the central hub for everything. That's where all the lives are replayed. The Too Hot for YouTube I spoke of earlier. All the merchandise is there. It's links to all the socials are there. Uh, that's also where you can access the expansive insider stuff and see all the bonus shit. We're talking about aliens and UFOs and Nazis. We just did Project Bluebeam with my friend Ksenia Moore out in Australia and uh, it's uh, Jim Gale joined us for that one the guy who runs uh, Food Forest Abundance love him and so uh, we've just been having a blast over there so that's it just expandingrealitypodcast.com I love it brother uh, yeah and if you guys haven't checked out his show please do go over there and listen it is definitely worth your time uh, I, there's not been an episode I'm not going to say that I agree with every um, person you I have on you there and I, I and I actually love that because it's like uh, 
it's a breath of fresh air to hear somebody else's perspective. And so, yeah, I definitely recommend everybody, if you haven't gone to check that out yet, please do go check that out. And uh, you know who I am. You know what time it is. Keep digging down those rabbit holes. Mountains in the distant scene Trouble seems to follow me, that's 